Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-assed sports fans giving their half-assed opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Number 50. 50 of these motherfuckers. I'm Chris. I am the Iceman. And, uh, Rich, our guess is he's sleeping. We, we do, we're, we're changing things up. Iceman's got a new gig. We're recording a little earlier in the day than we usually record. So, uh, Rich will be joining us later. I say that with both fingers crossed. We know that he knows. <laughs> he would, we know Rich would not intentionally bail on the show. But Rich, Rich is also a bit of a night owl. So, Yeah. I'm like a staple here. I'm just always here. It doesn't matter who comes or goes. Here I am. I know, right? <laughs> no, I had to miss last. Last week is one of the only weeks my schedule is made for me. Uh, I was at the will of other people. Had no choice. But Boy, did we miss you. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys, you guys, it's like two and a half hours on something. I haven't listened yet. I'm behind on a lot of podcasts. but Yeah, at the end, it was just, I needed just something awful, Chris. You had to explain what the hell Chicago's doing? Oh my God! Oh yeah. Well, we can get it. it's funny the NFL talks ramping up every day. I get a little, a little, few more NFL notifications coming across with news. But uh, number fifty. Uh, speaking of NFL, uh, Iceman, you came up with it, so you get to say it. Oh, Mike Singletary can't win with him. Oh, God. won't win with him. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, those eyes, though, I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't ever want him looking at me like that, ever, to this day. And he's old as fuck. I still don't want him it, looking at even me Even like at that. his age, yeah, no thank you. Uh, but from NFL to, I mean, I guess we should go right into the big news of the day. I'm sure it's been all over 
uh, ESPN, who neither of us really watch anymore. But, uh, I mean, I get my news from them. I don't actually view the network. Uh, but, uh, Cleveland actually, Cleveland lost a game now in the playoffs. Uh, so far it was, uh, uh, Bill Burr. I heard him, uh, have a good, uh, uh, analogy of it. The NBA playoffs right now is like just watching two meteors waiting to collide. Uh, but, uh, Golden State made it through. You know, 12 straight wins. They're waiting. Uh, LeBron and company hit a stumbling block last night. So yeah, there's, there's so many stories coming out about this about the playoffs this year. It's, it's so hard to keep up with them. Did LeBron intentionally mess up his game so that, you know, his team can be inspired and, you know, it's, it's, there was tinfoil hat theories that I haven't even thought about. It was that bad. Wow. I don't, everyone has an off night. I guess that's what I'm going to chalk that up to. I mean, I don't. Off night? 11 points? Really? Really? But, I don't know, man. I I just, Golden State, again, is a juggernaut. But, I mean, they did this last year, right? Isn't that what kind of killed them last year? No. What killed them last year is they pushed for 73 wins in the regular season. They, hell or high water, they were going to have the record. And then they went into the playoffs and played and played and played. And then by the time they got to the finals, they were like, oh, let's hurry up because I'm, I'm real, real tired. And then they just faded out. And Cleveland didn't. Yeah, but, but also forget, I mean, Cleveland also last year had to do the whole comeback from, uh, weren't they down 4-1? Uh, 3-1. If it was 4-1, it would have been over. Oh, duh. Sorry. What's Again, everybody, it's early. Yeah. It's coffee. Wow. Ironically, I am drinking coffee right now. But, I mean, I don't know how much faith I have in Boston, though, without... I mean, you heard me say if I think anyone can take out Cleveland, but without Isaiah Thomas... That's the only way they won, bro. They <laughs> lost two games with him. You know, but you know how sports goes, man. Sometimes guys will... You know, teams will rally, you know, for a game or two. But, I mean, watch them play without Isaiah Thomas. Do you think they're... Uh, Cleveland beaters? Because I don't. I, I didn't think they were Cleveland beaters before this playoffs ever started. The fact that they won any game is kind of like, what the fuckings? What if this is the beginning of a historic collapse? It could be. For, J- James didn't even score in the fourth quarter. He was scoreless the last 16 minutes of the game. Now, was he being a baby about I didn't see the game. Was he being a baby about it, or was he just being, was he being defended well? No, he just didn't like he did exactly what i told uh rich last week about uh uh harden he just kind of was there he was a spot filler he just kind of sat there it's not like you know boston figured out the lebron james issue and could defend him and stop him it just mm-hmm. he's like meh i'm here whatever let the clock tick yeah uh, uh i guess so but uh yeah so that, that's what's going on in the NBA playoffs, really. I mean, Golden State's just uh, play. Maybe get around to golf or two in before. <laughs> I, I think this break is going to be huge for Golden State because people like Kevin Durant, uh, Jerome Iguodala, Curry, they all, they all, McGee, they all need to have uh, the resting point just, just so their knees and their joints don't get oh, too oh, out of whack. Oh, oh, oh! Check this out. Hey. Hey, there he is. 
Did, now, did you guys hear uh, Steve, um, not Stephen A. Smith, um, Rob Parker's take on LeBron and the Cavs' loss? No. Basically, basically, he said uh, uh, that they just lost the championship with their loss last, uh, that, that one loss. Come on. What, uh, what's, what is his basis? Last night, last night. The Cavaliers probably lost the NBA Finals last night. What? Yes. Because here they are. They should have dusted this team off, have the same four-game sweep as the Warriors, and get ready for the next series, for the championship. Now, I don't know, maybe the Celtics, they might win another game, right? One more game. And now this is a six-game series, and you're putting out energy that you shouldn't have to waste. There's no reason after you demolished them the first two games in Boston that you should be wasting any time with this team. So I don't understand. I don't understand, though, why that he draws a correlation between that loss and like, okay, so that's they're going to lose the NBA finals because of that loss. His thought process is. The Warriors are sitting at home resting, rubbing out their muscles, resting their joints, while Cleveland has to go on and face Boston again. I don't completely disagree with everything he said. Like, the the part right at the end is when I'm on board. This is like you, you know, you, uh, you beat them twice in their own fucking house, and now you're going to bring it home and lose i mean I, I get where he's coming from there but yeah i don't i, I, I think maybe too he's probably in that category of guys like uh Stephen a smith where he's paid to say crazy shit it could be well, a yeah, little bit and, of that and i have to wonder how much of this is also based on his you know whole coming out and saying boston's the most racist sports sports city Ever. No, they fixed it. All right, Adam Jones got a standing ovation. All the articles I read on the internet said it's over. I mean, us here in Detroit, we have a unique perspective of Rob Parker because, well, we had to suffer through him as a local person for a long time. Yeah, like a decade. And uh, plus, and he's got his fucking haircut in place still. Sporty cuts. Yeah, surprised that place ain't been struck by Jewish lightning yet. But um, yeah, he's got a he's got a real fucking nasty habit of taking shit that happened fifty, sixty years ago, by and and it was done by people who have been long been dust and bones, and attributing it to a whole group of people today. So, I you know if if he's incapable of separating something that happened. Two three generations ago, from people who just so happened to share the same skin tone as people that did some shit sixty years ago, uh, I you know, to me that kind of makes his whole fucking outlook on sports pretty suspect, in my opinion. And I know that he's not. You're right. He is paid to say the most you know controversial thing they can think for him to say. But at the same time, dude, you should have some integrity. You're a sports writer. You're a national sports writer on top of it, you know. 
I mean, what, what is that what you want to be known as? The guy who just says shit just to stir up controversy? I think Rob Parker just wants to be known as the man who pays his bills. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. I think Rob Parker just wants to be known, period. As a black man who pays his bills? Just no, he just wants to be known. He doesn't care how. Doesn't matter to him. I mean, th- this is a man who, to put it in perspective for people who don't live here, it was the second game of the Tiger season, 2005. And he had his radio show, Parker and the Man. And he gets on air and he's like, oh, look at that attendance for that game. Second, no, second game of the season. All right, by the way, shitty weather on top of it. I remember I had season tickets that year. He's like, look at it. Look, 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 look at this horrible attendance at this game. Look at this. Look at this. No one wants to go see this product. No one wants to go see this team. That's because this team's shameful history of racism. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Is that team's shameful history of baseball the, the few seasons prior to that? And then to top, and then top it off when um, who was his co-host on Parker and the Man? Mark Wilson. Thank you. When when Wilson tries to point out, uh, I don't see how there's a correlation between the two. He starts saying no one's there. Now remember, this is 1995, the second game of the season. All right. He starts pointing out no one's there because of Randy Smith. Randy Smith wasn't GM of the fucking Tigers at that point. Nobody's there because the Tigers hadn't had a viable product since about 88 at that so, point. And, and I've never heard the man say these words. I was wrong. In 1995, too, aren't you maybe uh, two or three years out of the strike? 2005. Oh, 2005. Okay, yeah. so then, okay, well, so 2005 is... Is that isn't that the year? Is what year was the where we almost were in the the history books the shitty way? Two thousand three, I believe. Yeah, so we're you're two years out of that. That's why people aren't there. Two thousand five was Pudge even there yet? Yeah, Pudge showed up two thousand four. All right, so they had just begun the building blocks for what was going to be the Tiger Juggernaut that was the late two thousands. He was also trying to compare. Attendance second day of the game, second season, second game of the season to opening day. And I'm like, man, you can't can't compare. Yeah, you can't compare opening day to any random day of of the fucking season. I mean, opening day is damn near a fucking holiday here in Detroit. Should be. I mean, people that people that don't even go to the game, they don't have tickets are downtown on opening day. It's an excuse to get drunk. We love those here in Detroit. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, it's just... The guy's the most miserable type of cocksucker that I can imagine. He's just... He's the type of guy who just never... Nothing's ever good enough. Everything's always piss poor. And he never fucking... He never admits he's wrong. I've never heard the man say these words. I was wrong. Not once. And this insufferable fucking cocksucker has been forced down our throat in Detroit here. Asshole. For what? I remember when we started Specs, he was on 97.1. Sure was. It's almost 20 years ago. About 18 years ago. Good Lord. Anyway. I mean, I, I look, I get it. Earl is a fuck LeBron guy, and 
as much as fucking, like, Earl's like, well, I don't think he's going to win the fucking, really? Because he lost to Boston? Really? No, uh-uh. It has nothing to do with his loss to Boston. I just said exactly. that. I don't that's think he what, lost the championship. That's, that's what I'm saying. If there's a bigger fucking LeBron guy, if there's a bigger, there's a, there's a person who pisses all over LeBron's fucking face more than you do, I've yet to fucking meet or hear them. So I don't, I don't. Dude, you when he can't even get you on his fucking side with his nonsense, and I, I, maybe it's because it's not a genuine hate for LeBron that he has, and you can sense it. So you're like, "Fuck this fake hater." My shit's real, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, but I, he 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 makes a point, but I just am not on board with his point. I don't think because the the Boston Cleveland series is is extended, you know, five six games, that's going to equate to why they're going to lose. You can use it as an excuse. If you'd like. I think Rob Parker could have said in a better way. I think what he was getting at is they now have extra wear and tear, you know, as far as be uh, physically ready. Is they're going to be playing basketball longer? I think you you could say what, you know, just a little bit more tact, I guess. You could just be like Kenny Mayne or even Shaq, you know, and be like, this might cost them in the long run. Some but, shit like that. But again, I mean... Right, but guys, how many times have we sat here and fucking watched a team? Uh, us in Detroit. We, we've gotten, a, we've gotten a, a, a first row seat for it twice in the last 12 years, 11 years, whatever. We've watched a, a team just whistle their way through the fucking playoffs and then have to sit and wait for an opponent. And then it, it, it comes back to bite them in the fucking ass. Tigers. You know, team loses momentum. Team loses focus. We talked about this last week, Earl. That's what happened, too. I think that's what happened with Golden State last year, is they plowed through the playoffs. And what are they doing again this year? Yep. Yeah, but that's like I said last year, though. They pushed through the a whole regular season, too. Going 73-9 and nine took its toll because then they had to go straight into the playoffs to start playing. And not everything was a cakewalk because when they, when they got to OKC – in the championship games, they had him down, you know, and or they the OKC Thunder had him down three to one, and they had to fight all the way back to a game seven and win that just to get into the fucking final. Yeah, I I, I get you there. I mean, because people, I mean, we've talked about it. Uh, you realize, especially in both the NBA and the uh, NHL, you're getting all you're playing almost another half a season. If all of your series go seven games, that's like what, like thirty-five games? Like that's what's the season, season, for, almost, bo- season for both of them? Is what eighty-two? Well, there's if you if you go all the way to the finals and they uh, all go seven games, it's twenty-eight. Twenty-eight games, and they play eighty eighty what two games a season? So, and yeah, it's almost a third of a season. It's a little bit over a third of a season if they go seven games. Yeah, I I just it to me. It looks like the Warriors are coming out with a purpose, and that purpose is to say it was a fluke that we lost our 3-1 lead in the finals last year. We got Kevin Durant. We are solidified. This is going to be our year again. There's nothing anybody can do about it. And they're trying to make a statement in the playoffs and then the finals that they made in the uh, regular season last year. Is it going to work? I don't know. Looks that way, though. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a fluke. I, I, I look. Here's the deal. As far as Rob Parker, he just said, I, I agree with Chris. He just says shit to fucking keep himself relevant, keep himself in the news. 
right? So there's that. And two, I I think fucking people are putting way too much on one loss. That's just my opinion. But, I mean, so. it's, it's it's not just the loss. It's the way in which they lost is what the problem is. It, you know, if it was a great game and back and forth and whatever, you know, great. But the fact that LeBron James, the king, the best in the world, as he's been refu- referred to, you know, he had 11 points throughout the entire game. He was scoreless the last 16 minutes of that game. Scoreless. Like, not even a free throw. And it's kind of like, uh, I mean, that's very definition of the NBA's what the fuckings. How does that even happen? That would be like Jordan just laying a huge, huge ache. He's never done it. Has he had an off game? Absolutely. But has he ever done that type of an off game? Absolutely not. Especially not in the playoffs. So it's uh-huh. not just the loss. It's the manner in which they lost. Well, we'll see. I think it's, I think you have... The Warriors coming back, fired up for pissing it away last year, and they added uh, Kevin Durant. I mean... Well, and the talk is, is the Warriors now, if they do beat Cleveland in the finals, if the, if Cleveland even gets there and they do beat them, are the Warriors the greatest team ever? Argument to be made there. It's not going to win. No. Maybe. But I doubt it. I don't see Boston. I, I mean, I know I was... The guy that said it, that I think if anyone's taking out Cleveland, it's Boston, but without Isaiah Thomas. I, I saw that notification come across about him being out. Well, good luck, Boston, because I don't think. <laughs> Chris, you cracked me up. You're, you're like the guy who said, you know, Buster Douglas, he could do it. He could beat him. And everybody's laughing at you going, really, Buster Douglas? And all of a sudden, Tyson gets knocked down and. Chris is all like, I was, I was just saying that he got, I didn't think he would, I, I, I was, I was, I was, I'm just saying, uh-oh. Well, I'm just saying, uh, reverse this. Instead of Isaiah Thomas, it's LeBron James. I'd have been going, well, good luck, Cleveland. I'd have been doing the same thing. It's just your, your star player, your go-to guy just took a shit for the rest of the playoffs. Good luck. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, now with Golden State, it'd be like, uh, well, you know, Say KD or uh, Curry goes down. I'd be like, eh, you still got a shot because they've just done what they needed to do. We've talked about it before. They're deep at Golden State, but Cleveland and Boston, eh, not that deep. See, to me, this is just a stupid game that people fucking hate LeBron and don't want to see him win a championship play. It's the same, it's the same stupid game that homers play homers with no knowledge of sports play when they say every year my team is going to the championship well on a long enough timeline you're going to be right and in sports there's a whole lot of losers every season and only one winner so to me you don't get credit for ever all the time going lebron sucks lebron sucks lebron sucks he's gonna lose and when he loses going see i told you so no 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 no. that's not impressive you played the odds and the odds were definitely stacked in your favor. Yeah, I mean, I, it's one loss, guys. I mean, one fucking loss. Seriously. If it, any other fucking year besides this year and last year, people wouldn't even fucking blink at that at, at him having one loss on the way to the fucking finals. Yeah. It's only because who's in the West that they're fucking making a big deal about this. So, so is that where the bar is set now? Now you have to sweep all the way through the playoffs 
Or you when, suck. Because when when you're at a point where you're facing a juggernaut that is Golden State, yeah, you kind of got to mimic them. Asinine. Retarded. I don't know. I don't have my thesaurus with me, and it's too early oh, for me. It's the stupidest shit I've ever heard, man. It's fucking dumb. That doesn't make sense. How many fucking teams claw their way into the playoffs and walk away with a championship against teams that, on paper, they should have had no chance against? On teams who swept their way to the fucking finals or to the World Series. Happens all the time. Happens all the time, man. Yeah, big old 18-1 season. Go ask Boston about that. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm too busy being racist, according to Rob Parker. Rich, I'm with you. How can I'm that be? You. Because we saw we solved racism, didn't we? It's a white team. Yeah. We're white jerseys in a white. We solved racism. We solved racism because yeah, uh, uh, the entire city apologized for one person, yeah. allegedly yelling out racist racial slurs Adam, to Adam Jones is a spokesman for yeah. black people. He, yeah. he got a standing ovation, so it's all good now. So why race and the word Boston are even being brought up together? I, I guess Rob Parker didn't get the memo. But then again, Rob Parker didn't get the memo that he's no longer on ESPN, and he's not Stephen A. Smith also. So I'm not surprised. You know what? I don't even want to talk about it because I tweeted. I've, I've messaged. I've done everything I could to Stephen A. Smith. I've never gotten an answer. So fuck off, Stephen. Why can't gonna... he talk about uh, hockey? There's black people that play hockey. His racism card can still be played in there. But he doesn't talk about it ever, never ever. He's got his. I here's here's my guess. He's got his marching orders from his fucking uh, from his from his corporate masters. I mean, do they even go into in depth fucking analysis of hockey on Sports Center, or do they just show highlights and then move on to the next sport? At least they got Barry's Bistro. It gets some talk and oh, analysis. Fuck you just said, little kid. What the hell is that? Come up, Barry Melrose. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's that's their one. Oh, what? Hockey gets five whole minutes of airtime a week? I mean, it gets a couple more than that, but, I mean, it still gets broken down a little bit on ESPN, but at the same time, it doesn't even get mentioned on first take, ever. And one of the biggest stars in the NHL right now is black. Well, because they'll give you the argument of, well, hockey doesn't draw ratings. Well, you don't talk about it, so how do you know? Yeah, neither does fucking uh, women's basketball, know, women's right? college basketball. Yeah, that I have to sit through in the 6 o'clock sports center as the lead story. Anyway. I never have and I never will watch again. I watched one episode of Mike and Jamil at 6. The hell with that. Stop it. I need the Ocho. I'm just saying. <laughs> ocho. <laughs> oh, well, you, you guys are touching on hockey. Do you, you want to? You'll talk about it now. You save it for for later. Oh, we can save it for a little bit later. All right. Well, then one next because I feel we've gone about as far as we can on the NBA playoffs. Yeah, the NBA playoffs is going to play itself out the way it is supposed to. But uh, sticking with the NBA, a big, huge story came out that Cantor out of OKC Thunder got his passport revoked by Turkey and was labeled a dangerous person. And and I'm not making this up, and this isn't funny. Cantor, when he got revoked, had to leave the country he was in, uh, go to Romania. Then they were looking for him in Romania. He had to get up before the Secret Service did, get on a flight, and get out of the country before he got arrested. Wait, what? I'm not kidding. Isn't he rich? Doesn't that yeah, yeah he plays for the OKC Thunder. Yeah, I'm saying, doesn't that trump everything? You would think. 
But no. You can't spread a few whatever. It wouldn't be euros there. Spread something, but it got his ass out of Dodge. I can tell you that. You and me would have been fucked. We'd have been arrested. I don't know. We're white. We got that going for us. And we're American. We got that going for uh, us. But uh, Some places that could be going against us. Depends on where you're at. I, I was reading the story after I saw it break on ESPN, and I was like, what the actual fuck? So I, I don't know how you guys feel about that, that a country can just revoke its its passport to one of its citizens, and, and it's a huge, huge name Can't for their country. I mean, any country can revoke the passport, bro, and label them well, dangerous. I guess what my question to you is, why was he labeled as dangerous? Is he coming over he, there with his Western values? Is that why he's dangerous? Yeah, actually, basically he was. Cantor was pushing against the, the political system in Turkey and saying how corrupt it was and how, you know, it needs to change and the rebels need to rise up and, and so on and so forth. So, so then was this a shock to him <laughs> that the government he was speaking out of said, yeah, you can't come in here? It was a shock to him that the Secret Service of Turkey and guards were were actually looking for him to arrest him. Yes, it was. And the fact that he got his passport revoked was a huge shock. To him. Right, if you're high profile, you can do shit like that. I, I guess it is what it is. It's other countries' laws or other countries' laws, man. Like I've seen them shows, Locked Up Abroad. You'll fuck around when you're in another country. Maybe Canada. But that's about it. But I guess, did everything turn out fine for him? He made it back to the United States. I don't know how this is going to end for him because Please. he's not a U.S. citizen. And now he doesn't have a passport. Well, Go figure. Get I don't know. To Turkey, I'm sure he'll, they'll, I'm sure the U.S. will. He's, he's, he's over here and he's rich. I'm sure all he's got to do is pay some white guy, possibly some Jewish guy in a suit. Everything will work out for him. That's how it works over here. You got money, you're good. I got a two-letter retort for you if you disagree with me. OJ. Right, absolutely. But at the same time, boss, I mean, that's that's just, that's possible breaking into the NHL. Because most of the people that play in the NHL aren't American citizens. Well, look how Fedorov got over here. Remember the big, I remember being a kid and all the shit on the news about the big deal about uh, the shit they had to do to get Fedorov over here. Yep. Huh? I, I just couldn't believe that they were doing that to an NBA All-Star. See? I'm like, okay. what? See, okay, see? If you'd have made the playoffs, shit wouldn't have happened. But, uh, yeah, they don't give a fuck. The, the NBA to them ain't shit over there. I mean, we're, we're, we're making the mistake now of thinking, like, the whole world gives a crap about us. There's a lot of countries who don't. You're rich in your country? NBA. You ain't shit over here. NBA ain't shit in a lot of countries, man. I mean, I understand that, yeah, that the 92 Dream Team definitely brought a basketball to a lot of people who had never really been into it before. It doesn't mean that it's it's not fucking soccer, you know. This is all there is to it. If he's Eric Cantor, the soccer star, this might... And to like Beckham? <laughs> this, this might go a different way for him. But, too, also, I mean, he's speaking out against a corrupt government, a government that... The rest of the world kind of knows shit ain't right with that. I, uh, I mean, I guess, too, it's like if you're going to be high profile and do shit like that and then be in their backyard and think they might not be looking for you. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be. If I were him, I wouldn't be. What? They're looking for me. Eh, 
<laughs> Maybe. I'd, I'd at least have that in the back. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't be totally looking for it. But I might at some point go, eh, this makes sense. Some of the things I've said about their government. But, like I said, he's rich. Everything will be okay. I'm sure someone somewhere is fast-tracking a fucking uh, uh, path to citizenship for him, all that fun shit. Because in the end, we want his tax dollars, right? You can make all that American money. You better kick back little Uncle Sam. <laughs> you better say you love me. So, uh, kind of sports-related, but... If you if it's it's going to be a, a rough one if you don't follow uh, if you don't follow him on social media somewhere. But uh, Michael Rappaport for president, like of the universe, as far as I'm concerned. Like, dude, seriously, homeboy has fucking made it, it his fucking mission to go after the fucking uh, uh, oh shit the ball it's family. Just, yes, thank you. And it is it is fucking great, dude. It is fucking great. I love it because very few people in in, in sports reporting. Like, okay, did you guys see the? Okay, first of all, let's just let me back up here. I'm getting ahead of myself. Did you guys see the shit he pulled on Colin Cowherd's show? Who Rappaport? No. Oh, uh, Levar Ball. Uh, Papa Papa Ball. Yeah. Let's look. No, I missed it. The internet remembers. Okay, well. I can't. I don't. I can't remember who Cowherd's fucking female co-host is. I don't know her name. But he had Levar Ball on. He was like, "So how many shoes have you sold?" Or excuse me, he was talking to him, and she asked him, "How many shoes have you sold?" And he, without even turning around and looking at her, because the way he it's the the set is set up. I mean, if you're listening to us, you've probably at least seen this show. But I'll describe it for people who haven't. Cowherd's on one end of the studio. Guest is in the middle. And his co-host, female co-host, is, is on the left side of the studio. Well, Ball doesn't even turn around and look at the female co-host. And he's like, stay in your lane. And she's like, what? He goes, you heard me, stay in your lane. And she's like, I'm asking you a question. And he's like, well, you know what? Don't worry about it. You're just a hater. Don't worry about it. all this shit. And she's like, why am I a hater? Because I'm asking how, how your line of shoes is, are doing. Well, big baller in for you. It isn't for women. It's for men. And she's like, okay, what, what, what does this have to do with the question I'm asking? Like, dude was just a complete fucking asshole. By the way, the answer apparently was somewhere between 400 and 500 pairs of shoes, which even at $500 a pop, I mean, I'm sure it's putting a nice little chunk of change in their pocket. I would hope, I hope for their sake, but I don't know shit about the, 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 the shoe game. But I imagine four or five hundred pairs in like what two weeks now they've been released. Dude, they can't be fucking the numbers that they were they were aiming for. I mean, to me, I, if Nike released a shoe and did that kind of business in two weeks, mm -hmm. would you? I figure the exec who uh, who greenlit that shoe would probably be looking for a new job. That's just my guess. Yeah, man, the, 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 there'd be people jumping out windows in Portland, fucking, or I'm sorry, Beaverton, Oregon. I'm trying to remember the name of the fucking movie, but there actually was a movie where Orlando Bloom played, I believe, a Nike executive, and they were supposed to release this shoe that was going to be like, you know, going to bury Air Jordans, and the shoe come out and it flops, and within like hours of the shoe being released, he's been fired and removed from the, the, the premises and all this shit. 
How long till this guy gets Menendez? Start oh, doing a countdown. Is, what, you think his kids are going to kill him? Uh, he sounds like he's. He he doesn't sound like he's a joy to be around. He doesn't sound like he's probably the most loving father. Sounds like like this guy reeks of like stage mom. You know, as far as he reminds me of those fucking beauty pageant moms you see on fucking uh you know like reality shows and shit. You know, this is someone living vicariously, you know, through his kids. I don't know, because from what I understand, Lonzo is just a chip off the old block. It, 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 he's just as arrogant, just as full of himself, Gee, for no good, good reason. Wonder why? You know, I mean, uh, basically walking around going, Boston better not draft me. Like, dude, first of all, who the fuck are you? What have you done? What have you won? Nothing. Sit down. Shut up. Adults are talking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but the draft lottery's kind of fucked him real bad. Well, the draft lottery did what it was supposed to do. It fucked everything up. Swear to God, it's it's a uh, it, draft lottery is a bunch of bullshit. In my in, in my opinion, I'm sorry. If you have a shit franchise for years and years and years and years because of that stupid fucking draft lottery, yeah. There's a chance that you could you could never end up with a fucking top three pick and be the worst franchise for a decade straight. That's stupid. Well, we don't want to encourage people to tank. Oh, see, so in a league where you want to force parity, you rather have a team that just sinks to the bottom and stays there because of your stupid fucking draft lottery. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Then I never I never want to hear about parity again. Hey, this is not about that. I have the audio of this whole little incident. But I think it's a good no, I, I'm actually saying it as like a point friends. of advice. I'm not friends with her. I don't, I don't, I don't even see that. I don't even see it. I, I wasn't saying it as like, I, I would never wear this. What's this show about I'm again? Saying, Ain't we talking about shoes? I don't want to talk about all that. Next. Well, uh, well I, I think if, in order to have a successful company, you're going to have to have women who like your brand. Uh, you know, the, yeah, if you have a women's company. But anyways. Oh, so we're you're not about, marketing We're women. talking about big baller brand. Okay, so look. They wouldn't want to work with you anyway because you don't respect women, so. She's, she's after you today. Oh, I don't respect not, women, I'm but just, I'm the one that's married. I'm, I'm good. Well, she can say what she wants. She's, she's trying to put it. I never disrespect women. But I tell you what, you if, you act, if you act like that, guess what? Something's coming to you. Oh. And it's okay. Do you do you think? Are you wait? Are you threatening me? Nice attitude. Try to turn the words. I would never threaten you. You said something's coming to me. I don't know what it is. I'm not a psychic. Oh. Nice attitude, buddy. Wow. Don't get me wrong. I mean, she's playing the fucking the role that that she's put there to play. What are you saying? What are you saying? And I hate that shit because that's that, that's that's just like you know what. <sighs> It's so fucking tired. But at the same time, he's such a fucking cocksucker. He is such an he, asshole. He deserves it. I mean, seriously. I, Dude, I can't think of anyone in sports who has done less than him that gets, like, taken seriously. That's why I love Michael Rappaport and his fucking just, like, like, like Rappaport has made it his mission to take this fucking jackass down. And like Good. never fucking never fucking blinks does not give a fuck if you know anything about Michael Rappaport. He lives to talk shit. He lives to get down in the mud and fucking wallow in the in the in the nastiness and shit. I mean from just listening to 
Howard Stern, he's like the worst slash best person to be in a in a fantasy football. I would love with. to be in a fantasy football league with Michael Rappaport. We would just talk shit all like I'm the one I'm in. Only me and one other dude are into the shit talking. All right, it's just us talking shit every week. You know, every Tuesday, no one else gets in on it. It sucks. I'd love to be in a fantasy league with Michael Rappaport. That's half the Don't fun. Forget, we're starting a league here. Just saying. Yeah, I'm ready. Whenever you're ready. I'll form the league, send you the invite right now. Let's go. But anyway. But yeah, I did. did uh, hold on a sec. Hold on here. Yeah, it's in the, it's in the, uh, the chat, the rap report, his response video to all that. Let's, let's look at that. Uh... <laughs> Appropriately See, titled. My, my, my Iceman is coming out because I called this shit when he first broke. I told you guys. This guy was going to do this. What are you calling? This guy was going to be this big of a fucking deal, and it sucks because he ain't nobody. Here we go. I got the Michael Rapport video. X on his back. I think that uh, his father um, should start marketing uh, big bowler brand juice boxes because that's what good <laughs> you know, soccer moms do. They bring juice boxes to the games. Uh, but I think there's going to be a problem like, because, you know, how are you going to be the leader in the locker room? How are you going to lead men? When you have your father speaking for you, don't you think, uh, like, if you're a real big baller, you'd stop buying off-the-rack suits? Real big ballers don't come in here and sit down off the rack. Our ball, is he knows this, he knows that, he's got all the answers. Simple question, how many sneakers have you sold? Talking out the side of his mouth, talking sideways. If you, if you sold a lot, you would say, we sold blah, 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 amount. You, you make a big announcement about your sneakers, and then you don't know how many are sold? Because he didn't sell that much. They're not for the culture. They may be for the yacht culture at San Tropez. They're not for basketball culture. They're not for the streets. They're not for the hood. They're not for basketball players. They're for the yacht culture at San Tropez. He's a good player. He might be a Laker. Um, you know, I think he's got an X on his back. I think that uh, his father um, should start marketing uh, big bowler brand juice boxes because that's what good. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, it's right. Yeah, video it loops. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it loops. God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Michael. If if yeah, if it was a huge rousting success, you would be breaking your back. You'd be breaking the speed record at which to answer that question. If the answer, the motherfucker would we couldn't shut him up if it was a success. Yeah, if the answer was we sold ten million units on the first day, we would know that shit immediately. You would lead with that. It'd be like, hey, and yeah, joining us now is LeVar Ball. Hey, we sold 10 million units on the first day. That'd be the first words out of your fucking mouth. Well, not just that. Then now you've done fucked up. You fucked up. You know you fucked up, right? Because now you disrespected women on a nationally broadcasted show. I mean, yeah, it, that is our current climate. And yeah, you just. Yeah. And with today's with today's society, that anything you were going to get, it's gone now. Uh, I mean. <laughs> the other side of that coin is eh, the uh, the community, which will end up more than likely patronizing this brand. Eh, a little bit of misogyny built into it, so might not hurt him as much. Now, Rich Whitey, Rich Guilty Whitey, they'll be off your shopping list. But yeah, fuck this guy, isn't it? <laughs> one of the few things we all agree with on this show is fuck I this said guy. that shit when he first came out I was like who the fuck is this guy fuck him and again I, 
I just because your kid plays at UCLA might get drafted and, and you're going to come up and be all big and bad and shit? I have asked this question in here. way too much of 2017 already. On what are you basing this hubris, sir? Your son getting 39 points scored on him in the tournament? Like... He's not even the best player. Josh Jackson's going to get drafted before him. Didn't matter who had the first round draft pick. He, he's, he, he's the, he, Rappaport had it right. He's the perfect helicopter parent. He's the perfect soccer mom. He's got an answer for everything. I mean, it's not, they're, they're not good answers, but he's, he has answers for everything. He never once says, you know what? I fucked up or, you know, overestimated something. None of that. He, he never does any of that. He's he's never wrong. Just ask him. He'll tell you. And the thing is, is that that works in today's society. That works in today's society. Being fucking stupid, but being uber confident in your stupidity gets you far. Bottom line. Any, if we need any proof, look at this asshole. And all I can say is, if his fucking brat goes to the fucking Lakers, how much do you think the Lakers are going to put up with from fucking Daddy Ball before they tell him shut the fuck up and, and just ban him from the premises? Yeah, we drafted your son, not you. Well, also, going back to what we talked about last week, Rich, with the old guard, you really got to be careful because the old guard is in L.A. You got Magic Johnson and Kobe Bryant chilling. Now that's going to turn into a who's the man competition in a fucking hurry. Three, three big dicks in the room. Egos to and match. They're, and they're going to look at LeVar Ball and be like, motherfucker, please, motherfucker, please. Yeah. Magic and Kobe will just bring out all the hardware. What? Can't hear you. We have a dozen rings in our ears. <laughs> and then some. We got trophies, the gleams just yeah. shining off the head. Shut the fuck up. You think between Magic and Kobe, you get to three hands with championships? You third hand? Well, I mean, it's not just championships, though, with those two. With those two, it's also, you know, the records, yeah. the sports lines. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about Big Baller. But this guy's like the Donald Trump of sports. We're giving this, he's been getting far too much free airtime for shitty reasons. Well, you know, I, I guess I've just come to I've just come to look at it this way. He ain't going nowhere. He shoehorns himself into the the the, the sports fucking world. So he wants attention, give it to him. Okay? Just don't give him the attention he wants. Don't take him seriously. I hope someone like Memphis drafts his kid. That shit would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> LA's going to draft him. I mean, they're third, aren't they? I think. Yeah, third. As far as I'm concerned, he he wants the attention. Give it to him. Give but, but treat him like a but but treat him like a little kid. Give him give him the attention he doesn't want because he's he, he actually he doesn't even care if it's negative attention. Okay. Then give him purely negative attention. Never mention him in a fucking positive light. It's not hard to do. He pretty much sets the table for you to do it. I mean, look, I, I'm not... See, another thing, like Donald Trump, he's just feeding it. I, you know, I'm not one of these fucking people who are like, you know... As, as far as him going off on what's-her-face from Cowherd's show, 
I'm not one of these people that are like, you know, oh, well, oh, how dare he talk to a woman that way. But at the same time, I'm not one of these people that are like, oh, why is a woman on a sports show? I don't give a fuck who's on a sports show. There's a lot of people that are on ESPN, on Fox Sports, who I would I would venture to say, outside of one particular subject, don't know a whole lot about yeah, sports. There's a lot of men who shouldn't be on these shows, quite honestly. You know, so yeah, that that doesn't... I, you know, I'm not like, oh, well, that's an issue, blah, 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 blah. No. But the problem is he's talking shit on a, to someone because they asked a legit question, which was, how many, how many, how many shoes have you sold? And it, you're telling me he'd, he'd have fucking treated Cowherd the same way? That he'd have treated Stephen A. Smith the same way if, 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 if asked? If he was he on the treat, He did treat Stephen A. the same way. When he was on first take. Oh, he refused to address him? He talked he to another person? To address yep, he did. And, right. and he... And so that, so that the internet on. remembers, right? I can check this shit out right now. So that's his thing then? When, when he doesn't want to talk to someone, he, talk, he acts like he's a, a child and goes, would you tell this person sitting next to me that I said... He's, he yeah, does pretty that? Much. Pretty much. Well, then he's a faggot. So it, absolutely, and, and Stephen A. Smith called him out, looked dead at him, and said, "There is something wrong with you, dude." There is a seven-minute video clip. It says Lavar Ball, Stephen A. Smith have intense shouting match. Yep, <laughs> he did. He went. They went off on each other for a second. I didn't know if it was for the show or if like. So now, Earl, a, you're going to hear some Stephen A. Smith. Are you okay with me playing a little bit of this? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Black on black, go. <laughs> Absolutely, black on black crime, do it. I'm not going to be like everybody else and talk about, oh, what you did or didn't do when you went out. Forget all of that. Right. What I'm asking you is a simple question. We, we talk about the GOAT here, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, and you running your mouth talking about you're going to be the one-on-one. Why would you say something so blasphemous? In my heyday, blasphemous. he would need help. Really? He's too really? small. His name is big. And is this guy serious? Five-on-five five 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 game, he good. One-on-one, I'm undefeated. Never There's lost. something wrong with you. That don't make any sense. Listen, Ain't nobody really in heyday one-on-one. I took you the distance one-on-one. How small is this guy's dick? Like I tell him. Did I win or lose? Right. Did I win or lose? <laughs> right. All I care about is the W. I don't you care how I You were tired from it. dancing, and you talking about you going to beat Michael Jordan? <laughs> Michael you Jordan. Do that. How are you going to beat me? You know what? It's good. I got to hear how you going to beat me. Pick your poison. Why how's you, he going to beat me? Why are you wow. saying stuff like Tell this? Tell me how's he going to beat me. Why are you doing this? Why are you? Tell is, this, me. is this another marketing tool of Check yours? Check this out. What? Everybody used to say who what? was the best, Michael Jordan or LeBron. Who did LeBron? you think was the best? They who said, did you think was the, the best? best? Kobe or LeBron? Who did you think was the best? That's delusional, man. Who's better, LeVar or Michael Jordan? No, no shit. Yes, they are. Look at LeVar. Who are we talking about? Me and LeVar. Are you kidding? Lonzo, yes. Not LeVar. Lonzo don't want to see me. I'm too big, too strong. One-on-one? You know what? I'm going to move on. The blasphemy coming out of your mouth. I'm going to move on. ready for this. You were on record talking about This is a bit, right? Like, I'm starting to think now, like, this... Just watch, because I thought the same thing. No, that's his whole, his whole thing. Like, he's like P.T. Barnum. Like I said, at some points in that conversation, I was like, is this a bit? Or are they really going at it? Because <laughs> at some points, I'm like, wow. Now, you put Lonzo on there with all them athletes and running and gunning, guess what? Your son, your son is that much bigger than, than, than Steph Curry? He's bigger than Steph Curry. Steph Curry, what, 6'2"? Steph Curry about 6'3". Okay, I let him be 6'4". He's still shorter than my boy. He's like Black Long Trump. Arms? 
Can he jump? Can he oh, run? man, it's no, terrible. Let me tell you something. Oh if you take God. Steph Curry. How do you, how do you, you, you something is wrong with you. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll tell you what's wrong sense. with you. I keep talking to you, Max. I need that drop. <laughs> you go ahead. You go ahead and talk to Max. You go ahead and talk to Max. See, I'm not talking to you. I'm going to talk to Max. See? Talk to him, Max. This is the criticism, actually, that I hear for, about you when I am defending you. Yes. Because I'll say, look, lots of athletes had big mouths, including Muhammad Ali, for example, but he backed it up. And the point is, from Stephen A. and others, yes, but that was Ali. It's not Ali's daddy talking. It's right. not, you know, it, those are the checks that Ali had. Ali wrote the checks. He had to cash them himself. You're writing checks. Your yes. boy has to cash. Oh, no, my boys ain't got to touch them checks. I'll write them myself. Don't worry. How? What the? Nobody, wait, wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Do you play Who's the UCLA? Are you going to be Listen, you here, but right. you ain't on a court. Talk I had to put in an interview requesting Michael Rappaport on this podcast. Dude, we're just going to talk shit about Lorenzo Ball or about LeVar Ball for like three hours. Will you come on? Somewhere along the way plotted and planned all of this and you're marketing whiz this is what you're doing because you know good and damn well you have no business mentioning your name in the same breath as michael jordan you know your son on at this point ain't on steph curry's level you know too much about basketball why are you not on his level not, you not, said not, so? not, not yet not yet you not want yet. him to play not yet. excuse me what, let, let me ask you a question we're just see and this is that but this is the bullshit that i hate about exactly. shit nowadays Stephen A. Smith has to go. Not yet. What do you mean, not yet? There's no fucking. There's no. There's no. There's no historical proof that his son is ever going to be on the same level as, as fucking LeBron, let alone Michael Jordan. I know, right? So why do we have to fucking put that caveat in there? Not yet. You know why? Because I picked a beautiful wife to make. Oh, because we can't. We can't offend anyone these days. This motherfucker seems to be offended. I don't think it's maybe coming from offending as. Uh, uh, like I, you give him a shot, he's not in the league yet. Maybe he will. Impact magic head. Oh God! I'm trying to tell you. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, too much of a lovey dovey mood. Smoking a little too much weed this morning. Maybe giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. Magic is running the Lakers, and if shit is just the shit is just fucking ridiculous. I mean, yeah. Heard enough. This guy is delusional, man. This he he is Black Trump. He just but what if it's if if I say it, it is, and it, that's it. That is my basis because I said it. I guarantee, if you go to his house, he doesn't have any friends. His wife is one of those perpetually horrified slash embarrassed women who are married and are just like, oh god, I can't believe and it's this fucking all the idiot. Time. Can't believe this idiot's doing this again. I just wonder like, if this is all an act. Like, if this whole thing, it's just, it's a whole image. If it's an act, which it very well may be, it's the act we deserve as a fucking country. He sat there on with a straight face on national TV and told Stephen A. Smith he thought he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. -on -one. Like, that's what makes that's me think, like, this... Stronger. this ah. And he sat there and he stood there and just kept... And his heels were dug in, and he's just defending him. This is like, is this just an act? Like, this is, is this, is this 2017 version of P.T. Barnum? It just makes me, or I don't, I don't know what's real anymore since November 8th, quite honestly, so I, who the fuck knows? So I'm, I'm with you on that, Rich. Like, this is, 
The shit is retarded. We man. did. The, I mean, it is. It's just dumb. We we created this monster. Um. Yeah. Yeah. We did because way back when I called it and I told you we would, he just was in like off air comments, and then people said, "Oh, we got to get this motherfucker on TV." No, you don't. No, you don't. Oh man. ESPN. Our ratings are that bad. Let's put this fool on TV. And then they Wait, did you know it. What? And now you can't get rid of him. You can't even. Uh, you can't even put this fucking on ESPN, and I ride the hate train all day, every day. I got a fucking wrist pass for fucking the hate train for the ESPN. Train. You can't. You can't even put this on ESPN. This is just. This is the way our culture has been going for a decade now. Right. This is. This is the Kardashian, Jersey Shore, Real World. My super sweet 16, teenage moms, all this shit. American it's, Idol, it's, Survivor. It's, hey, look, my name is out in the fucking, out in consciousness, and it's all that matters. It does not matter why it's there. The no press is bad press culture. Yeah. And this is... This is, <laughs> you know, okay. The draft hasn't happened. My question is, at what point, once his once his 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 son is in the NBA, then his son has to play by the NBA's rules. And at what point will the NBA say, either shut your father up, or we're going to start fining you for shit your father says? Hopefully, at Is some it, point, someone takes this guy aside and goes, you work for us now. You work for us. I can I can honestly picture a team barring him from the fucking facilities because he's such a fucking distraction. I mean, at some point, he's got to wonder if he's going to start becoming a liability to his kid. If teams are going to look at him and be like, eh, I don't know if we want the baggage that comes with you in the form of uh, your fucking dad. I don't know. I, I think... I don't think anybody would not draft him just because of his dad, but I absolutely think people would be like, look, you're on this team, you're a great asset, and we're going to build around you, and you know, we're going to do things. However, your pops needs to stay his ass at home, him and his big ball of brand. Bye-bye. Here's the thing. He's got three kids. This is his first one. If his first kid fucking shits the bed and his second kid shits the bed, until he's down to his last fucking shot, until he's down to strike three, he might not even fucking wake up and realize, wow, I'm I'm really digging a hole, not just for myself, but for my entire family. I mean, because if he is such a fucking distraction, once his kid is in the NBA, and he and he's such a distraction, if he becomes a distraction, that the team has to basically tell him to get his fucking ass out of the fucking facility. How do you think that's going to reflect on his next two kids coming up? Yep. That's, if they're even good enough to fucking go in the NBA, play in the NBA. Let's good. go that way. There is a fascinating 30 for 30 on the way in about a decade, probably, about this guy. Even Pete, even Pete Maravich's dad didn't have his fingers as deep in, the, in, in to his kid's pie. And he literally trained that boy. I mean, they called him Robo Quarterback. That, that, that kid was born. Pete Maravich was born, and his dad molded him into 
the, you know, quote unquote, perfect quarterback and all this shit. And I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, it's amusing on some level, but on another level, it's really fucking sad because, gentlemen, this is how you succeed in, 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 in America anymore. You don't need any talent. You don't need any facts. You just need to get on TV and yell louder than the person sitting next to you. That is, that is, the idiots have won. You know that, you know that friend you got where you go to their house and the whole family screaming and yelling at each other and no one's listening to anybody. And the person who quote unquote wins is the person whose voice gives out last. Welcome to America now. Used to be we looked at those type of families, shook our head, and went on about our day and said, well, thank God I'm not like that, and my family isn't like that. Now this is what people strive to be. This is who they aspire to be, and we reward it. And I'm not even talking about talking about them. The fact that any NBA team who had any integrity would go, we're not drafting this motherfucker. Let him go undrafted. Let him come in and fucking be a walk-on player. We're not putting up with this shit. I, I, can, I can almost guarantee this. If he played football and he was a projected first-round pick and his dad come out and started all this shit, his draft stock would be dropping. Yeah. Not, not true. Not true. Because we had many, many instances where this happened in the NFL. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the, the name, me Manning. One, name me one play. No, what? you're wrong. Wrong. You are fake news. Shut up. You're wrong. How the fuck? You are fake. You are news. wrong. You are wrong. Quiet. Yeah. You may stop your. You may. You may stop. You don't even get on. Don't even let your argument get on deck. Archie Manning never made a spectacle of himself, and and it took and just it was a, this big of a distraction for either of his kids. Okay, but is it to not say that the player himself did it? Eli That's Manning made a it, huge spectacle. Stop changing, the, stop changing the parameters of my question and, ask, and, and acting like you answered it. I didn't say players. I said if he was in the NFL and his dad was acting this way, his draft stock would drop. Teams would go, if you can't shut your dad up, we're not putting up with this shit. Okay, Bottom so it's line. only family. Okay. Oh, players can get up there and show their ass. It, it, History's been kind to John Elway, but let's not forget, John Elway fucking pulled a fucking Eli Manning before Eli Manning. Hipster yeah. John Elway pulled that shit. Yeah. Eric Lindros pulled that shit. I'm not playing for Quebec. Yeah. And so Quebec traded him to, to, to Philadelphia and got a fucking haul. And amongst the people they got was a, a player that, oh, I don't know if you know hockey, you might have heard of called Peter Forsberg, who was just like, you know, the cornerstone of the team, along with Joe Sackick and Patrick Waugh, that won two cups and was a perennial, you know, cup contender for the from the mid-90s to the early 2000s. But once again, it wasn't, it wasn't Eric Lindros's father. It wasn't Archie Manning saying this shit. It wasn't John Elway's father. And if it was, we didn't know about it. That's the thing. That is, yeah, but, that but is the key component. The, but throughout the leagues, there's been families that have have mentioned and talked. Mothers of NBA players, uh, the sister of Indomitian Sue in Detroit. You know, th throughout the leagues, there's been many family members that have voiced serious opinions 
Yeah, Giselle about Tom Brady and his concussions. Yes, Dr. Giselle. Right. So, I mean, throughout the leagues, there have been many family members that have talked about the players and, and playing and I'm the sure teams they're, they're playing for. But I'm sure they're told to shut the fuck up because in everything you're talking about, it's been uh, one instance. You don't really ever hear from that person again. Exactly. Um, now, with LeVar Ball, it seems to be encouraged. You know, no one, no one. Just because it's a good story to air, bro. That's the only reason they're encouraging this man to speak. But too, you don't. You, there, there's no news stories of Lavar or of Lonzo telling him, "Hey, Dad, shut the fuck up." Like I'm trying to get a job here. <laughs> you no, know, like, Lonzo actually backs his dad. It says he's only going to work out for the Lakers. That's the only team he's going to work out for. Way, That's to, if, way to show flexibility, by the way. To show that you'll be able to work with a team and you'll be able to. Uh, uh, adapt in situations that may not work out the way you want them. Like I don't think he realizes that's not that's not helping you that kind of shit. I don't know. That's kind of Colin Kaepernick ish, isn't it? Well, no, because Kaepernick isn't saying I'm only going to Kaep- Kaepernick saying he wants to start. You know, and he wants a certain amount of. He's not saying, you know, I'm only interested in going to New England, or I'm not working out for anybody but the Cincinnati Bengals. Like that's no, I'm not, saying that's saying not coming doing- out of his mouth. I'm saying saying or doing something that's going to narrow your your chances of being on a team, period. Uh, yeah, okay. That's out of his playbook. I get where you're coming from the, from with that. But, yeah. It, uh, can the draft is there, is there any other sport that would lend itself to a fucking parent, like pop a ball? That, I mean, it, there really isn't. That, I mean, of the, of the big four. Hockey? Okay, let me tell you something. <laughs> Hockey parents can be some of the worst fucking human beings on the face of the planet. You don't see this in hockey. NHL, first of all, NHL teams wouldn't have this shit. Second of all, the culture in hockey is so fucking different that I imagine it would be very hard for this to happen. Even Wayne Gretzky's fucking father didn't fucking stick his nose this deep into his son's fucking business. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Football, man, <clears throat> if we need anybody who still needs convincing that in the NFL, it, look, the NFL, like we said last week, Earl, the NFL is a very conservative league. They can fucking put, they can wear pink in October all they want. They can put all the anti-domestic violence commercials they want on TV. They can have all the, all the female play-by-play announcers that they want. When the doors close and and those and those owners and the representatives from the league are in a in a in the office with the doors closed, it is a very conservative league. They don't want to rock the boat. Anything that's going to upset the money cart is going to be fucking jettisoned real quick. So they wouldn't put up with this shit. Teams, what do teams say all the time? What have we been saying <clears throat> about Kaepernick that? The mainstream media just doesn't fucking want to cover, or or they shrug it off like it's oh it's it's whatever distraction. You hear it all the time. You heard it before. Let's take Kaepernick out of the discussion. Colin Kaepernick doesn't exist. Okay, how many times have you heard this player is a distraction in the clubhouse? This player is a distraction in the locker room. This player is a distraction off the field. Many times. Exactly. All right. That is the kiss of death in the NFL. Mm-hmm. All right, 
And baseball? Baseball, very few guys get drafted and start in the majors that year. Baseball is very much a work your way up to the fucking show. That's the... It, 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 it's 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 the the rite of passage. Even even guys even guys like Strasburg and and Porcello who are fast tracked to the majors didn't get drafted and start playing in the majors. They didn't get drafted and get put on a forty man roster right off the get. They had to earn that spot. Basketball is the only thing that fucking lends itself to this type of narcissism and nonsense. And you what you you want the honest to God's truth? In my opinion, it ain't pretty. It's not going to fucking, it's, it, 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 it's politically incorrect. This is what comes with the culture. This is what comes with the culture of basketball. Because basketball has, for the most part, not been a team sport in the sense that the other sports are for a long time. Basketball has been, look at me, look at my crossover, look at my dunks, look at this. Um, that brings me to a good, good point, Rich. There is a team that is all about the team, and that's Golden State. My question to you is, and I know you don't follow it this much, but I'm going to bring it to you like this. Golden State has been in the finals for the past three years. This makes three. Mm-hmm. They won one. They got overtaken and lost a 3-1 lead the second year, and now this year. They have every record that has to be had. That there is to be had. They've won 73 games. They've won 12-0 and 0 in the playoffs. They've won a championship. My question to you is, to be the greatest team ever, do they have to beat Cleveland this year and win another championship? Or can they just be who they are, lose the finals, and still be the greatest team ever? I get the feeling that if, if we could be a fly on the wall in that locker room, that they don't give a single fuck about being the greatest team ever right now. They give a fuck about winning the championship this year. So, and the greatest team ever is the shit that we talk about and the shit that people on ESPN and Fox Sports talk about. I think all they're concerned with is winning. I don't think they're. I don't think it's talked about is what's going to be this team's legacy. So, I, honestly, I. I They've won, like you you pointed out, they've won one, they've lost one. They kind of did it in reverse fashion from a lot of teams. A lot of teams lose the first time they go to the finals, then they win. I mean, how many times have you heard, oh, a team has to learn how to lose before they can win? I mean, it's it's a cliche. And it's a cliche for a reason because it happens quite a bit. I don't think they're worried about it. And to be honest with you, it's a fool's game that we play because it's a it's a fun game to play to say, well, how would this team have done against the 96 Bulls or whatever? But honestly, we're comparing two separate eras. See, and here's my problem. You can't compare Golden State to the Bulls because it was very rarely ever the same Bulls team. The only staple in Chicago was Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And you can't come. You can't. You, that's that's what I'm saying. It's a fool's. It's a fool's errand. You can't compare a team in 2017 to a team from 1996. Just like you can't compare a team from 1996 to a team from 1966. And they're different eras of the sport. The sport had, 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 
I mean, especially basketball. From the 60s to the 70s, there was quantum leaps forward in, in, in how that game changed. Remember when it's just a bunch of white guys? <laughs> like the clips of the first basketball games? It's a bunch of like five, seven white dudes. Right. All doing well, layups and shit. When, when Will Chamberlain played, that's all he played against. He scored 100 points in a game. Yeah, against people five foot nine. Exactly. That's what I was. I was just about to bring that up, and yeah, yeah but you the took fundamentals are good, out. just like the NBA, right? Or WNBA. Hey, so, great fundamentals, but, guys. But as a, as a team in the NBA, Golden State has pretty much been the exact same team three years running. They added KD. They added KD this year. That's it. They still have Curry, Thompson, Green, uh, Jerome Iguodala. They're deep. Oh, they're huge deep. Huge deep. But it's the same core group of people and a couple of off-bench players as well. But they so had as a, a huge weapon, man. Like To me, it, we said it last year, Rich, before Earl joined us. To me, it's theirs to lose. Like I just can't see KD being that huge. What? I mean, the man has a great shot. He has a great shot. But he's Earl, a you, small guy. This is where I bring up his numbers. Earl, every fucking time we we bring up basketball, you go you you go right back to your safe space in the corner, and start bringing up fucking the Bulls. And well, it was only Jordan and Pippen, and a revolving cast of characters around them. And other teams don't do that, so other teams aren't as great as that team that that, that team was. The run they went on, dude. You're comparing apples to oranges, man. Teams are not built that way anymore. All right. They're just not. Teams are not built the way they were built in the 80s and 90s anymore. I mean, I get it. It's fun. It's, 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 this is why in you know the 2K series, they have the classic players. So you could, okay, put Jordan up against LeBron. Who's going to win? But it's still a video game. It's not real. They're never going to play each other in their prime. It's all speculation. It's all speculative. It's all it is. I mean, I get it, man. No, I, I, gun, I, gun, I gun, totally gun agree to, with you. Gun to any NBA historian's head, I guarantee you they will say that the run the Bulls had in the 90s was the best run of any basketball team up to this point in history. I guarantee it. So there's no point in even debating it. There's no point in trying to compare teams now to, to that team. I mean, that was a once-in-a-fucking-lifetime thing that we witnessed. And why? what made it so unique? What you do, what you always point out, it was Pippen, Jordan, and then a revolving door around them of people. I mean, the Lakers had a core group of guys, but it was damn sure more than fucking two guys. It wasn't like it was, you know, Kareem and Magic, and that was it. They had James Worthy. I mean, I well, I, I guess you could say Utah. Utah had two star players and a revolving door. Stockton alone. But they never won anything. But then again, they constantly had to go up against the fucking Bulls. If the if the Bulls weren't the Bulls in the nineties, history would be different, and we would be talking about yeah, we'd be talking about Utah in a completely different light. I mean, I, Golden State is Golden State now. Okay, it's all there is to it. And I guarantee you, in that locker room right now, they don't give a single fuck about Michael Jordan. They don't give a single fuck about Scottie Pippen. Phil Jackson, the Chicago Bulls, none of it. They're just going, finish this fucking series, and we know who we got to fucking roll over to get get this championship. I completely agree with you. I will say this, even as you know, you know, gold standard as Jordan is for me, 
I watched Steph Curry, man, and that kid has the most purest shot I've ever freaking seen. Oh, yeah, man. It is a beautiful thing to watch him shoot. Even Steph- if it's in the shoot-around, that cat can fucking shoot. That's because he's small, man. It's because he... The, I watched, um, you know, several of my, you know, throughout the years, uh, I've seen uh, a lot of... Uh, uh, invo- what now? What's the word? I don't know. I've seen a lot of ESPN and passing at bars and airports. I was gonna try to say it fancy, but I saw something on him while just a, a, like a, a thirty-minute thing on him, and that's one of the things that he did when he was in, in high school and all that stuff. Is he just he he worked on his shot because he knew he was small. He knew he wasn't. You know, he knew. Uh, you know, he knew he wasn't going to be able to get to the basket. You know, as easily as some of the bigger guys, and just. Seeing that what he's perfected throughout the year, I mean, that is just that is a pure shot, man. Like his his shot is the equivalent of Ken Griffey Jr.'s swing. When you see it, you're just like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, go back and go on YouTube and just watch clips of Ken Griffey Jr. with the swing he has, and it is just maximum efficiency, no wasted movement, no wasted energy. I mean, if you had, if you were trying to sit a, a, a kid down and go, "Here's the swing to model your swing after," that's Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. And Steph Curry is, if you were trying to sit your kid down and go, "Here's who you model your shot after." Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, that's a point I was gonna try to make. Is you know, I bet you in basketball camps and shit now, like as far as a shot, they're like, "Yeah, uh, be like that guy." They probably teach it. You know, to try to yeah. Throughout like the Steph. throughout the years, you can just pinpoint some people throughout the years, way back when and today, that you know you just look at them and you're like, that's just pure gold. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when it comes to dunking and getting to the rim, Mike, ain't nobody can get to a rim like Michael Jordan. You know, uh, on the field, on the football field, nobody can run like Barry Sanders. I'd be playing down low, Shaq. I mean, oh, absolutely. Granted, he's a human wall. That's half the <laughs> that's half the battle, but still. You know, Rich, join in here, though. I mean, there's so many there's so many places in history that you just look at it, and you're like, okay, wow. Tom, all right, Tom yeah, Brady. I mean, absolutely. if you if you if you're looking at just at, at pure ability and just a freak of nature I have to I mean it's when it comes to hockey there's only one person I can think of and it's got to be Gretzky Gretzky in his prime saw the ice 15 steps ahead where everybody else was that was only able to see it two or three steps ahead Gretzky made it look easy I mean oh, I can play hockey well and just like him the, you know the joke back in the day was is that Gretzky was gonna fucking get a get a desk a chair a phone and a computer and set up shop and set up his office behind the net. It was a joke, but the truth was that man would sit behind the net and see possible moves. And basically, he it, 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 there was a documentary about him that, that said it best. Gretzky didn't go where the puck was. Gretzky went where the puck was going to be. That's how well he saw the ice and saw the game. Instead of chasing the puck, he went to where the puck was going to end up. And nine times out of ten, he was right. 
and his numbers reflect it, especially earlier in his career when he was at his prime. But once again, we're talking about the cream of the absolute crop. We're talking about Jordan, Brady, Levar Ball could Bradsky. be one on one. Just remember, right? And and you know my my initial pick. I got I I've got a PS4 and an Xbox One. I, I, I I'm asking our, our 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 audience if you have an old copy of like 2K like 16 or something or whatever the the one with Michael Jordan is where he's in the game. Make LeVar Ball. <laughs> make it yeah, send it, send it to me, and I'll make LeVar Ball. <laughs> and I'll have him go one-on-one with Jordan. And we'll see how much this, this works. 6'5", <laughs> 300, out of shape. Right. Head looking like Let's a half suck milk dud and shit. 55 years old. Rich, that's why I loved Ed Bell for so much. He didn't always have the greatest team in front of him or the greatest defense in front of him. But he just stopped fuck all, man. I watched him so close, and it didn't matter where the shot came from. Matter of fact, he played in the playoffs, stopped 52 out of 51 shots, and still lost. I mean, that's just gold, man. So throughout history, instead of comparing, you know, the whole team to what was, sometimes you just got to compare the people. And, and and people are doing that today with LeBron James. He's the next Jordan. He's the king. He's the best in the world. See, no, I, see that, to me, look, the next Jordan, he's been in the league way too fucking long to be having this conversation still. The next Jordan implies that you're young and on the, on the come up. This motherfucker is on the decline. All right. Any talk of the next Jordan is, is done and over with and been put to bed in my mind as far as LeBron James go. You know who LeBron James is? He's LeBron James. He's the current LeBron James. That's who the fuck he is. Like anything else is it's it's it, I mean, it's 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 jerking off, man. I mean, yeah, it feels good and shit, but it's still, you know, it, it ain't the real thing. I mean, I I, I just Oh, I'm gonna pour fuel on this fire, though. I mean the uh, the the LeBron Jordan uh, comparison people. I can't think of a snappy nickname for him. Uh, Jordan didn't start his run till his like early 30s. No, that's fine. But here's the thing with Jordan: he elevated whoever he got to his level. Okay, James had to leave Cleveland, go to Miami, get two to three other guys, well, three other guys to win. And then had to go back to Cleveland and get three more different guys to win. Get the coach he wanted. Get the coach he wanted and then win. Complain for more help. Jordan just stayed true to Chicago. And whoever walked in the door, he was like, I know there was a talk like, look, I'm Michael Jordan, the Chicago Bulls. We're going to do this shit this way. You're going to be up. You better work on your shot every fucking day. If I pass it to you and you miss, that's your ass. Dude, this is not even the next time. That's not even up for speculation, man. And it's not even isolated to Jordan and the Bulls. In the in the Bad Boys 30 for 30, like Bill Ambeer laid it down. When, whenever a new player come in, he was like, look, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And if you don't like it, we can take it outside and I can beat the shit out of you. Gatorade, is it in you? I mean, that's just all there is Gatorade, to it. Is it in you? I, those, those, those teams, it was a different mindset. This whole bullshit... Raised on 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 studio gangster hip hop, you gonna respect me? Put respect on my name. All this bullshit. 
It didn't fly back then. As you come in the league, it's like you ain't shit until you prove yourself. You don't get props for what you might be. You get props for what you've done. And you ain't done shit. So sit down, shut up, adults are talking. See, and that was the way they treated guys in the league back then. Bill Lambert was the cash me outside girl before she was even a thing. Well, probably. Pretty much. I mean, what what was what? Oh, shit. I can't remember who it was exactly, but... Yeah, it was. They traded for him. He got on the Pistons, and Lambeer was basically like, "Look, this is the deal. This is what we do. This is how we practice. This is how we play. And if you don't like it, you won't be here long. And if you really fucking cause some waves, believe me, no one on this team has a problem throwing down with you. Period. And even in the documentary, thirty years later." I can't. I gotta wish I can remember who the player was who came on that that Lambeer had that talk with but he was like man fuck bill Lambert." but i mean i i still respected what he was saying but at the same time it's like fuck you don't come at me like that but uh, hey back-to-back championships and would have been a third one if it weren't for a shit call yeah yeah it, it worked i mean can't argue with the results you can we we can argue about hypotheticals and what if and fantasy you know Teams, oh, what if we got the 1955, you know, Lakers to play whoever the fuck from the 90s and who would have won? Results you can't argue with. Numbers you can't argue with. But to me, it all goes back to teams are not built the same way they were built 25, 30 years ago. When Boston put their big three together, that was... To me, the changing of the mindset of how to build a team for a championship. Because, let's be honest, before Boston put their big three together in the late 2000s, what the fuck had Boston been doing since Larry Bird retired? Not a goddamn thing. Taking uh, up space. They, they, got, they got what? They got one in uh, 07, right? I think it was 2008, I think. Well, I remember because they went in the finals against the fucking Lakers. And people were like, oh, shit, it's, it's the 80s all over again. And I'm like, no, there's a lot less coke and probably better looking hookers with, you know, how big old bushes. It's not the 80s. And, con- and condoms this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and non-disclosure agreements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and initial for oral. Oh, I'm going to do you too. And initial if you want anal. <laughs> yeah, no, right. <laughs> Will you be but, doing ATM? Initial here. <laughs> But no, man, I mean, I, once again, not, not a huge basketball fan, but even I saw the writing on the wall. I remember thinking, when, you know, when SportsCenter was talking about Paul Pierce and, and Ray Allen and them getting together, I was like, damn, I can see some teams copying this. Because it's that's it's three-fifths of your, of your team on the court. I mean, it, makes, it only makes sense. Get, get three out of five guys that are just completely dominant and put them out there and see what happens. Odds are yeah. you're going to win more than lose. But also, Rich, isn't it because the talent isn't what it was like but, you know, before, I'd say, 2002? You know, because before 2002, you had somebody like Michael Jordan. You had somebody like Barry Sanders. You had somebody like Gretzky. You had somebody, you know, that you could put there and build, build around them. Nowadays, you need two to three guys to build around. You don't have the talent that was of old because kids aren't staying in college, period. Not football, hockey, basketball. They're all one and done, and they want to get that money. 
and that's all they care about. So the development stage of college is bypassed. You know, they just go and try to sign a contract for guaranteed money now. Yeah, and that's something that we've talked about before, and that's something that I come down on on the side of, look, if a player wants to be able, this is the way I honestly feel. If a player feels he's good enough to go from high school to the pros, more power to him, all right? But I feel that there should be more of an emphasis on the players who aren't those, like, you know, once every couple of years players. I mean, because you got Kobe, LeBron. Those guys never went to college, right? But those guys are the exception. How many guys... That, not, how many guys that are going to be in the draft this year can honestly go from high school to the pros and make an impact the minute they they, they put their foot on the, on the court? Well, if you ask them, all of them, but... Okay, well, I mean, obviously, besides... <laughs> We're in a new day them, and age. Well, yeah, and, you know, and I understand that with the type of, the type of, the type of attitude you need to be a, a winner amongst a bunch of alpha males is a cocky ass attitude and just like you know certain people on this podcast have said and and people in sports have said for years and years and decades and decades oh no i'm not cocky i'm convinced you know that that's you need that to a certain extent but the truth is most of these guys couldn't go from high school to the pros and make an impact. Most of these guys would go from high school to the pros and get their ass handed to them. The thing is, is that you have to, they need to do a better job of explaining to these kids, look, what do you want? Do you want to sign that rookie contract and then fizzle the fuck out and be, uh, who? What happened to him? To be a trivia answer question, an answer to a trivia question? Or would you rather spend three, four years in college, get out and be as solid of a player as you can be. No one wants to start in the mailroom anymore, man. Did you boil it down to that? No, I'll just go right to the pros. I don't need to get any better. I am 19 years old, damn it. I fucking know everything. <laughs> and I'm guaranteed millions, no matter what happens. I, I'll say I'm, this. I'm grown. Maybe I'm connecting dots that shouldn't be connected here, but I'll say this. To me, it's it's. I agree with you guys. It's part of the culture now of what's this pay and dues shit? Why do I have to pay dues? I should be respected just as much as the greats the minute I put my foot on the fucking court. And I think a lot of it comes from the type. Everything is everything. Everything has shortcuts these days. All right, the world we grew up in, where if you wanted to play guitar. You had to sit down with either a tape, a record, or a CD and stop it, rewind it, play, try to learn the part, stop it, rewind it, play, try to learn the part. Or Those my, days are over with. Or dare I say, another human being who would actually instruct you, someone who, and, and the dynamic of the relationship is set right at the beginning, knows more than you about the subject, so it's going to teach it to you. Exactly. How dare and, they, how dare you project on me that I know less about you than guitar than you who's been playing for 25 years and me who's owned a guitar for uh, eight days. I mean, I remember the first time I put on a pair of skates and grabbed a stick and my buddy, Mike Longacre, was like, okay, let me show you some shit. Now, Michael, my, my buddy Mike was by no means ever going to play in the NBA, in NBA NHL. He's never going to... 
He was he was never gonna even fucking make probably a varsity team on a fucking shitty high school hockey team. But I knew he knew more than me, so I kept my mouth shut and I did what he said and I took everything he said to heart and I learned from him. And to me that that is part of this one and done culture. It, it, that's gone. If you're if you know you just you're going to college for your one year so you can go to the NBA, let me ask you a question. Are you really paying attention in your classes? Are you really paying attention to the instruction you're getting on the court from your coach? Or are you just like, let's get these games over with so I can go make my money? Hmm. Who knows anymore? No, it, it's definitely a money issue now. And it here's really what sucks. Is. Here's what sucks is that the players that are like what I just described that are like, fuck my classes, fuck what my coach has to say, I just want to play these games. The way and and the only th- the only reason I care about the fucking NCAA tournament is to raise my draft stock. Yeah, if we won it all, that'd be nice. But in the back, I'm sure in those players' minds, if we win it all, boom, my draft stock just went up. For every player like that, there's players who actually do look at it and go, "I'm here to 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 continue learning the basics to become a better all-round player." to get an education, and then, then go into the pros, those guys get overshadowed, or worse yet, lumped in with the with the crew that I just described. And if I was one of those guys that was like, no, man, look, I'm good. Yeah, I could go in the NBA now, but I'm not going to be a fucking you know, high draft pick, and I'm going to end up riding the bench for my first couple seasons. I might as well stay in college, learn from my my coach here, get an education, and then go into the NBA as a more fully realized player, I'd be pissed that I get lumped in with those fucking assholes who are one and done. I right. mean, don't compare me to those, these dipshits. Now, this all started because I watched the uh, E60 thing on ESPN about Ryan Leaf. Amazing quarterback at college. Stayed till his junior year. And then him and Manning went into the draft in 92, right? And he was supposed to be this big star. Now, I know he's labeled as the biggest bust, 92 or 93. 98. Bro, seriously. But it was 92 yeah. or 93. No. 98, oh. man. <laughs> I didn't pay that much attention to it. I'm just saying I watched the damn thing. Anyways. I'm, I'm just saying, goddamn, how old do you think Peyton Manning is? No, <laughs> right? Peyton Manning is like 47. Looks, I'm just saying. He's like, that motherfucker, you think that motherfucker busts a nut and dust comes out? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking it getting to the point where he's pulling it and it comes off. Just saying. <laughs> that said, anyways, whenever they entered the draft, it was in their uh, junior year. And he was supposed to be this bigger thing, and he turned out to be a big bust. Now, the reason he turned out to be a big bust is he had a millennial mentality back then. He didn't care about anything. He cared that he was the shit. He was going to succeed no matter what. He mattered, and that's all that mattered. And when he got hurt, he started getting addicted to painkillers. And that brought him down, and that's why he busted, because he was addicted to painkillers. So he but did Doesn't stay- he have, like, a legendary, like, viral locker room rant, too? Like, there's actual video footage of him being a giant he, asshole? He yelled at a reporter because he didn't like something he wrote about him. That's what I'm trying to say. The reporter, like, tore him down, and him and the reporter were sitting in the locker room, and it is caught on camera. He, he went on f- for like a speech of don't ever write anything like that about me again, because if you do, you'll never get another interview. And when and it was such a long speech that he gave the reporter that when right, he was that's done, stuff, we're messing with it. 
the reporter asked, are you finished? And when he said that, Ryan Leaf stood up and said, don't talk to me. Yeah, that's what I remember. That's, 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 that's the sound I think it's played over and over. Right. And it was because he was tearing him down. He was just telling him, look, I'm the shit. Don't tear me down like that. And so that guy broke up. But the whole thing was, is he's addicted to painkiller medicine. And it tore him all the way down. The team, his family, nobody really intervened and helped him. But now he's up. He, he's part of a, a place that goes and, uh, you know, speaks out against it, tells a story, wow. and hopes to save somebody. I never saw that before. Leave me alone. Knock it off. Oh, you've never seen that before? No. I just know yeah, it's it's a thing of lore. Yeah, that was uh, like when the best damn sports show period would have like their hundred best meltdowns and shit. Yeah, that was a that was a classic one. That one would that one would always be in there somewhere. But turn off the light for me, okay? Oh come on, You're fucking all these dipshits making their own version of it. I think the difference, the you know, purely okay. If 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 we. Had a DeLorean and it hit 88 miles per hour. We go back in time. That 98 draft with Leaf and Manning, I think the, the main difference in everything I've ever seen about that draft was that Leaf walked in to every meeting he had with teams like, well, of course you're going to fucking choose me. Of course I'm the, best, I'm the best quarterback in here. And he had really not a whole lot to back it up as far as the work ethic. Whereas Manning went in there and, and basically told teams, look, I'm first in the fucking in, in the film room. I'm the last to leave. And I'm just going to tell you this. Choose who you want. But if you pass me up, I'm going to spend the next 15 to 20 years beating the shit out of your team. Um, you're right. The irony of this is Leaf was before or maybe even after Elway. He pulled an Elway. He walked into uh, Indianapolis. Did I say before pick. or after? Come on, man. He's after. Definitely. <laughs> Elway retired like 98. Anyways, he did it. He did it. He went in and told Indianapolis, look, I, I, I don't want to play here. He wanted to be out west. He wanted to be in San Diego, in, in the beach, and babes. This was all on the E60 thing. And Peyton Manning came in and just, he, in the, the GM said it was an interview that legends are made of. So you're right. It, that's the difference. So it sounds like attitude, the difference between the two gentlemen. And, well, we see how history has treated each of them. Well, one was cocky and one was confident. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. And one was cocky because he has... He had natural talent, and he obviously didn't spend as much time honing it to as sharp a point as the other person who had natural talent. But he was willing to do the work to go, okay, yeah, I can fucking stab you with the knife I got, but if I, if I make it really sharp, I can do even more damage. So he put the time in to forge the fucking, you know, to, to forge his talent to get it to the point where it was. Yep. He's not. I the, mean, he's not the goat, but he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's got two rings. I think that's all he really gives a shit about. Well, I mean, let's be honest here. When we talk about Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady, obviously Tom Brady came out on top in that matchup more than you know Manning came out on top. That's that's not even up for debate. 
Yeah, but I think yeah. rightfully so at the same time, though. But okay, the thing is, is that you're a Brady you're, fan. I don't think I think Brady would even tell you this. I don't think there's any fucking one quarterback besides Manning that pushed Brady to be as good as he was. Dude, those guys watching play each other. I mean, especially in the later years, is is it's like a chess game. I mean, these are two guys who are tops in their field, tops at what they do, getting it on. And it, and and the nature of football, they weren't playing against each other on the field. It was almost a game of battle of intellects. It, it was almost a game of okay, so Brady goes down and scores. Shit! All right, guys, we got to do this. And then Manning goes down and leads a drive and, and they score. And okay, what do you got, Brady? And Brady's got to come back. And he's it was it was like a call and response for every fucking thing that Brady did. Manning had to answer, and for everything that Manning did, Brady had to answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just even if they didn't like each other, I get the feeling there was some hellacious mutual respect there between those two. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely agree. There was definitely mutual respect, but as far as who pushed him, everybody pushed him. Because he was the target. Uh, Drew Brees pushed him. Manning pushed him. Rodgers pushed him. Favre pushed him. Everybody pushed him to be who he was. Because they all wanted to beat him. Every single one of them. I Just in my mind, in 20 years, when we look back at the 2000s, it's going to be the decade of the Patriots. But... When they eventually do the, you know, the decade of the Patriots and they do that documentary, you're going to see a whole lot of the fucking Colts and Peyton Manning in that documentary also. Keep going. It's going to be two decades of Patriots. I mean, you can you can really look at it like this. Uh, Manning and the Colts played Detroit to Brady and the Patriots, Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Because, yeah, uh, yeah. Who pushed? Who? I mean, regular season, postseason. Who did Brady match up or, or play against that pushed him as much as those as as the Colts and Manning? I mean, I maybe maybe the Steelers, but still, if you yeah. just go by just number of matchups, and and. And I mean, and I know that there was some there was some playoff games where Manning and the Colts laid some eggs against the Patriots. But there was also that that one playoff game the year the, the Colts won the, the Super Bowl, where it was like a given by halftime that the Patriots were going to win this game to the point where I dozed off in front of the TV, <laughs> woke up, and there was like thirty seconds left in the game. And they had made the comeback, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They'd be like dozing off in, in last year's Super Bowl and going, yeah. oh, oh, come on, man. Being in Boston going, well, this is over. Going to sleep, waking up. Dumb! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What the fuck happened? Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of the breaking news, dee, 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 oh, here we go. The, the owner shortened. Regular season overtime for 15 minutes to 10 minutes. Woohoo. 
why did you the why is it breaking news? We it, because we, it says it's breaking news we on a, ESPN. We need They're an all off-air right meeting now. about your definition of breaking news. <laughs> he really is the Tom Mazaway of this podcast. <laughs> Dude, I will take a picture and send it to you in the chat. It says breaking news. Owners shorten regular season OT from 15 minutes to 10 minutes. No, I don't we know got why you. it's breaking news either. We got you, Maz. Don't worry about it. We'll, you know what? We'll, Actually, we have thought have... of reaching out to him. He lives in St. Clair Shores. Hey, you want to do sports podcast? Let's come on the sports podcast. I don't think he'd last five minutes with the way we talk. <laughs> Even as a guest. Yeah, that's true. Maz, Maz, Maz is kind of like, he's, he's, besides his, his uh, very um, questionable knowledge and love of porn stars, he's kind of a conservative guy when it comes to, <laughs> he's, he's human to language and stuff. That's true. So, but uh, no, man. I, <laughs> I just okay. It's breaking news on ESPN, and it's invented news. That's what I'm. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like it's breaking news. It's because ESPN has to report on something, so they have to make that fucking news story seem like it's more important than it is. That's why they put breaking news by it. I'm not doubting that they put it by it either. It's why we've given hours of. Fucking free airtime to Lavar Ball. They feed us the shit. We talk about it. Sorry, feel like we're feel like we're we're piling on you, Earl. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying they just said it, so I said it to you. What the fuck? I don't know. It's not <laughs> even. It, it it just happened just now. But that being said, it's still not breaking news. So it went from 15 to 10. Here's an idea: stop going to OT, you fucking bitches. What if the game ends in a tie? That sucks. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, get better. Stop letting it end in a tie that you have to go to overtime. Dude. They've done so many things to stop it. They moved the fucking extra point back 20 yards. Do they, overtime like the fucking XFL, right? Just place the ball in the middle of the field. <laughs> and run at it from the end zone? Yeah, two people got to run to get it. That's who gets the ball. And then sudden death. I don't know. I don't know what the, what the answer is for NFL overtime. It's football. Trust football. We, foot, I mean, it, it's, we're getting into June. We all know what happens in July. Football will have its time. All right. Uh, should we talk about the NHL playoffs? Well, I want to bring up one more thing before we talk oh. about the NHL playoffs. All right. um, something happened since the last show in baseball that I don't think it's happened very often in my entire life, which is bases loaded in Anaheim. Mike Trout at the plate, and the other team actually thought about walking and giving him an intentional walk and walking a run in instead of pitching to him. And I think that outside of, I know it happened to Barry Bonds because I watched it happen to Barry Bonds back when, you know, <laughs> back when back when he was getting that good steroids, and uh, you know, people were like, "Well, fuck, we're not going to give him a chance to hit a fucking grand slam." Fuck that. We rather just walk a run in, and I think it happened to Miggy once. But once again, once. Um, the point of me bringing this up is Mike Trout is outside of baseball, like the 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 nerd, like super duper sabermetrics guys. Mike Trout is it's money in the, the bank. Basically the baddest man in baseball right now. Yeah. And I feel he's pissing away his career out there in Anaheim. Because if he played for a Chicago team, a New York team, St. Louis, 
Yeah, see, Detroit, I don't think so as much because... Miggy's got to go sometime. I, 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 I watched Miggy do what he's done in Detroit here, and nationally, people just kind of shrugged and went, eh. And the whole thing was, well, Miggy, so what? You got Mike Trout. Okay, well, Miggy's, Miggy's falling off, obviously. He's starting to show signs of age. Maybe Trout he's, finally gets you that way. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, he's come he's come down to, you know, Miggy's coming down back to earth. Well, where's all the Trout talk? Because he's... Trout's not even 30, guys. I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing. Get him If he's in his mid-20s, this one, we want him. This was the prime the, years. The, he, man, he ain't coming to Detroit. Might as well put that <laughs> out of your mind. Detroit, first of all. I want, hey, hey, if we get Trout, I want Revis on the Lions. I'm just saying. Why? Revis is done. He's old. Oh, He's broke it. down. Stop it. He is. Look at his last few seasons. I don't care. He's still the name that people will have to respect. Yeah, but. No. Let's not get into that. Just know. Hey, Mark Sanchez is on the Chicago Bears. Damn it. I can done. get Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis is done. We want Revis 10 years ago. We don't want him Mark now. Mark Sanchez is way more done. He's on Chicago. Well, I get Revis. Mark Sanchez will probably get a start this year. I guarantee Butt it. fumbling, motherfucker. I guarantee Mark, Mark, Mark Sanchez is probably the most competent quarterback Chicago has in their roster right now. <laughs> Sanchez. Anyway. Just so everybody knows. In June, OJ is up for his parole hearing. He's serving his ninth year Whoa. of a 35 sentence. All right. Well, now we're talking about Mike Trout. <laughs> yeah, Mike. <laughs> Anyways, he's 25. And to, to me, all the bullshit and hard feelings aside, when the, the, <clears throat> the argument you know a few years ago was, who's the MVP of the league? Mike Trout. Miguel Cabrera, who's the better player, blah, blah, blah. I just felt that people were in way too big of a hurry to, to, to throw the crown on this kid and declare him, you know, the best in baseball. And I remember saying, he's he's a kid. He is literally a kid. Miggy is a man among boys out there in his prime. Give it a few years, Miggy will come back down to earth and then Trout who hasn't even hit his prime yet will be in his prime and then we're going to see what's up and I mean dude every article I've read Mike Trout somehow found a way to get better Mike Trout has raised his game to a new level if you dislike Mike Trout you dislike baseball I mean just he's coming into that time really late 20s man in any sport that is your prime time we're about to see if he's going to live up to all the hype, apparently he is. I mean, I like, I get it. Anaheim has a good fan base. They've had. When's the last teams, time they've been a contender? What I'm saying is, if you if you look at Anaheim, they're not a traditional baseball city. All right, they. I mean. Christ, they were the California Angels for how long? I mean, you know, let's be honest here. They won the last time they won a World Series. Yeah, it was 15 years ago. But I mean, 
the, you know, they've what? They, 2004, 5, 7, 8, 9, 14. They, they won division titles. I mean, they're, they're constantly in it, but it's almost quietly. If this was... If, 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 like I said, if he was playing for St. Louis, this would be a completely different discussion. You would never hear the end of Mike Trout. And it's not like St. Louis is a bigger fucking media market. It's because St. Louis is arguably the best baseball city in America. Yeah, I don't think too many people will fight you on that one. I mean, if he played for the Cubs, if he played for the White Sox, the Yankees, or the Mets... Totally different story here. It'd be the Mike Trout show 24-7. I think, and in this way, I do agree with... Even if he was across town on the fucking Dodgers, you'd probably be hearing way more about him. Yeah, just simply because of the the history the Dodgers have, and people would be like, oh, well, you know... Yeah, I can say... Yeah, you know, Dodgers have history. Now they have the best player in baseball on their team once again, blah, blah, blah. My thing is, I kind of agree with a local sports broadcaster who I hardly ever agree with when the subject of Mike Trout come up, which is he's really hurt by being out there in the West Coast because people on the East Coast, most people aren't waiting until 1030 at night to watch a fucking L.A. Angels game. They're not going to do it. They're not going to stay up on a Tuesday night till you know, 1.30, 2.30 in the morning, their time to watch a whole game. So almost half the country isn't seeing him as much as, as, as they would as if he was on the East Coast or he was in the Central Time Zone. And I'm just wondering how long until this ends up being an issue and he's like, you know what, I need to go where my, I, I, need, I need to take my talents someplace where I'm going to get a lot more recognition in what I'm getting. Yeah. He's only in highlight reels for most of the country. I mean, exactly. And what? He's been in the league since 2011. Yeah. So that's what? Six years? If I'm correct, after this year, he's an unrestricted free agent because he has six years of MLB experience. I think it's I think it's I think it's once you have six years in in MLB then you become an unrestricted free agent if I'm remembering correctly. So there could be you know there, there could be some there you know I mean and on top of that to me I just I don't know I just don't see him as a guy who's going to spend his entire career in L.A. I mean, I just don't. Here, just real quick, just to run this down. He's been in the league since 2011. He's a five-time All-Star, two-time MVP, five-time Silver Slugger. He's rookie. He he won Rookie of the Year, uh, RBI leader in 2014, stolen base leader in 2012, and he's a member of the 30-30 club. 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases in 2012. He's 25 years old. He's already had a career most guys would fucking kill to have. And he's not even hit his fucking prime. This is insane. And the fact that no one's talking about this outside of baseball circles is even more insane. And just to uh, 
back you up there, sir. A player with six or more years of Major League service on the team's 40-man roster who is not under contract for the following season is automatically a free agent. So This is from ThoughtCo.com. But it's, now, I'll be honest with you. I don't know his fucking contract right now. Angels might have him under 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 contract. I'll be honest with you. If I'm the if I'm the fucking Angels, I swear to God, I'm trying to lock him up for the rest of his life, right now. Because what the fuck do the Angels have going for him besides him? Honest. Uh, is Pujols still play for him, or is he retired? Oh dear God, you haven't as heard far, that name for fuck all ever. As far as I know, Pujols still yeah still plays for him. It's got to be DH, right? I mean, that's all he can do at this point. I would imagine so. Uh, yeah. In fact, on our depth chart, that's what he's listed as. He's listed as their designated hitter. So. Oh, so he's still he's, there? He's been regulated to the V-Mart slot. That's all you're going to do is DH. I know, right? Well, yeah. Maybe maybe in interleague play, they might stick him at first and say, hey, just don't fucking drop a ball when it's thrown to you. Came into the majors April 2nd, 2001. So this motherfucker's been playing for 16 years. How old? He's, he's, how old is this? He's 37. He's a year younger than me. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I still put him in the PED category because oh, he was sure. a monster. Because as soon as everyone, monster. As soon as everyone stopped, started getting busted, he fell off. He was, he's one of those people that he's, he saw, he, he saw the train coming for him and went, nope. You know, found himself an escape hatch, got out of the tunnel. But you could you could see it in his performance, man. Let's oh, let's look. I'm sure we, we have the internet. We can look at his stats. We can find. Oh, go ahead. I already know. He changed teams and just faded off into oblivion. Nobody talks about Albert Pujols. But what year was that? About him for yeah. years. He was at the Cardinals till 2011, and he came to Anaheim in 2012. That's fucking exactly when everybody started getting shaken down. Yeah, right. but also just just to be fair, bad luck for him. He went to Anaheim in 2012. That's when Mike Trout had his breakout season. So he was overshadowed. Assigning Dude, that you're talking about Mike Trout, and I get it, and you're right about him. But at the same time, it was Albert fucking Pools, bro. Listen to me, pitch, dude. You don't pitch Listen to, to Albert like you don't pitch to Barry. Listen to me. He went from St. Louis, best baseball city in America, to Anaheim. Okay. Middling as, 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 I mean, dude, middle of the road as far as baseball cities. And I think that's at best. On top of that, the fact that he signed with Anaheim, he was quickly over, he was quickly overshadowed by Mike Trout coming out and doing what he did. And I hate to say it, and I have to put, I have to put allegedly on there because I'm not trying to get us sued. But I mean, it does seem like there's enough smoke to where there should be some fire there that, you know, all of a sudden his numbers dropped when the league was like, we're cracking the fuck down and we don't care who you are as far as PEDs go. And all of a sudden he come crashing back to earth with a thud. Yeah, he's human again. I mean, that all happened in one season. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's why we don't hear about Albert Pujols. If, if the league didn't crack down on PEDs and he'd have went out there and still been Albert Pujols that he was in St. Louis... Those would be the new Bash Brothers, dude. Those would be the new Conseco McGuire. That's what they oh, would absolutely. be. Absolutely. We had that for a season here in Detroit with Fielder and, and, and uh, Miggy. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference was. Well, some would say Mags and Miggy as well. Never say, oh, Garcia had to go fuck that all up. 
Well, I was going to say, I don't think anyone would look at Prince Fielder and think that he was on PEDs. They might say, that hey, motherfucker's on McDonald's. Yes, he's on cheeseburgers. <laughs> Selling know. me them triple cheeseburgers. Like, man. Well, they also, like I said, though, and don't overlook it. Eat a vegetable, Maglio bro. and Migs. Meh. And in the, mid, See, but in, the, in the mid to late 2000s, before Mags fell off. Maglio was just a solid hitter. I mean, that's why he hit, what, 363 one year? When he won the batting title. But, I mean, he wasn't going to put up ungodly home run numbers. No, but he's getting on base. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, but it, it's like comparing a guy, okay, comparing Mags to Miggy is like comparing, in my mind, Placido Polanco to Ichiro Suzuki. They're both great contact hitters. In fact, there was a period of time in the mid-2000s where Placido Polanco's stats dictated he was the best contact hitter in baseball. They're going to get on base. Either they're going to walk or they're going to get a hit and they're going to get on base and they're constantly going to be on the base paths. But Ichiro Suzuki is in... It's, it's, he's light years ahead of Placido Polanco in name recognition, in marketability, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, so, you know, even though Mags here in Detroit was beloved, outside of his home run to send the Tigers to the to the World Series in 2006, not a whole lot he was like, you know, not a whole lot of people outside of the Detroit and the baseball nerds would bring him up in the conversation of best hitters in baseball at the time. For whatever reason, he was he was overlooked. And once again, I maintain this, which was the whole point of bringing up Mike Trout. A lot of it has to do with where these guys play. If Mags was playing for the Yankees, it'd be a, it'd have been a different story. He'd have been fucking carried off the goddamn field. He'd be on everybody's lips. I mean, I don't even think it's I don't even think it's a, a question that's up for debate that baseball has a severe East Coast bias. And when I say East Coast, I mean Boston, New York. Those are the first that that is that is the first two cities you think of. When you think baseball, what's, what, I'm sorry, go ahead. What's it? It's the Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, Wrigley. I mean, still, that's, that's Midwest. Yeah, but I think every league starts to flip and flop depending on where the talent is, Rich. You know, know for the longest time, people East Coast in baseball because of the Red Sox and, you know, the Yankees. You know, um, even hockey, same thing. You know, Penguins is all the rage right now because they're and Penguins and uh, Capitals East. You know, when Gretzky and them were out in in uh, L.A., it was all the rage in West Coast. No, just hockey's never been a West Coast thing, man. I mean, it's hockey has tried to stay Canada as much as it possibly could. Honestly, quite honestly. You are, dude, you are fucking high as fucking Chris oh, is, dude. God. You serious? Under Bettman, under Bettman, he has tried to Americanize this sport to the point where it, it has been bastard. I agree. I agree. But the hockey local fans, the, the lovable diehard fans, they wanted to keep it as much Canada as possible. It's not possible by any stretch of the imagination. What? Once you come into our country, huh? we adopt it and change it to how we see it. Is that why we, Winnipeg had to get a hockey team again like 20 years later? Yeah, where did Winnipeg go? Where did they go? It's so Canadian. Is that why the Senators can't sell out Phoenix. their own fucking? 
Is that why the Senators can't sell out their own fucking uh, uh, hockey ring and they're this deep in the playoffs? Come on, dude. I mean, the NHL has made it completely unapologetically. We are trying to appeal to that big, fat American dollar. So bring your big, fat American family, sit down, and stuff your face with our overpriced fucking shit and let dad get drunk on our overpriced beer. I mean, that is what the NHL has been trying to do. The NHL has been trying to be the NBA on ice since Bettman came into the in, in, into the commissioner spot. They don't give a fuck about Canada outside of... They know that no matter what they do, they're going to have fans in Canada. That's just all there is to it. I mean, how we are about football in America these days and how we used to be about baseball 50, 60, 70 years ago is how Canada's always been about hockey. That's not going anywhere. It's their shit, that and curling. They, and they take it for granted. And honestly, if I'm a if I'm a Canadian hockey fan, I hate Batman even more than a Detroit hockey fan. Because fuck you, you just you don't even fucking care that we're over here. You just take us for granted. I mean Saturday CBC, their flagship station in Canada. Every Saturday night during the season, hockey doubleheader. Where the fuck do we do that every week it, here in America? None we of, don't even put. We don't even. Monday Night Football isn't a doubleheader. Yeah, we, we only. We only. The only thing we have on free TV anymore is football. We do that on Sunday, but yeah, there's never a Monday Night Football gets a doubleheader once when the first week of the season. Yep. You know, so it's, it's a way of life in Canada. I, I mean, I guess, too, I, oh, we already segued into it. Should we talk about the playoffs? I mean, are we done talking about uh, Mike Trout there, Rich? Yeah, I was just, once again, just bringing it up that I just find it amazing that he's not on more people's lips in the sporting world. But So, do you think there's an ad exec somewhere? With a fucking getting a cyanide pellet rally, cyanide pellet, cyanide pellet ready for a Nashville versus Pittsburgh uh, media market or Nashville versus Ottawa I, <laughs> media market. I think it's actually Stanley pretty good Cup. for the. I think it's pretty good for what? hockey. Honestly, it's a small ass markets, man. Media wise, that's if it. I, if I'm selling ad time, I'm going Jesus Christ. Looking at it from their perspective, I mean, I guess Pittsburgh is you got you got some legacy there. That'll help, but you know, it's not like you know, it's not like a uh, Chicago Anaheim uh, market would have drawn per se, as far as eyeballs seeing it and such, and money to charge. But the the Preds made it. Preds made it. Is this their Cinderella year? Is this is this a goalie winning them a cup, Rich? This is the goalie carrying them to the finals. This is this is the one that that that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not to, not to sound like the Iceman, but I said it happens every year in the playoffs. I just didn't pick I, I didn't pick Pecorine, and I did definitely didn't pick Nashville to be the team to do it. But, yeah, that's... That's what I asked you. Who the hell is Pecorine? Who is he? This, this, is, this is exactly what happens almost every year in, in the NHL playoffs. A hot goaltender you can ride to a cup finals appearance. Now, do I, I, Jesus, I can't even, I, you know, at this point, I, I, I'm, 
hesitant to even try to fucking make predictions. I'm just letting the, the games play out as they do. Because everybody's bracket was blown up after the first round. Yeah. And anybody who says that 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 they had Nashville in the final and, and Ottawa possibly in the cup finals, meeting in the cup finals, the only reason they did is because they filled out 20 brackets, and that was one of the brackets. They said, well, that's the way it's going to end up because I got 20 of them. That's it. I, I can't ima- I don't remember I, anybody on the NHL channel, on social media, anywhere thinking that we could possibly come down to an Ottawa-Nashville fucking finals. Now, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but... I mean, the fact that Nashville's in there blows my fucking mind. It, it just, it it does. And I've already told everyone on this show, I fucking hate Nashville. <laughs> so, Hey, Rich, is, is this a Beezer kind of year? He's just all kinds of good throughout the playoffs, getting to the Stanley Cup, and uh-oh. Uh, like I said, I'm... Pulling myself out of out of the prediction business, but I will say this: I won't be shocked if it happens. I really won't be. It would not shock me at all. And if they don't win a cup in ten years, Pecorino is going to be a question to a to a tri- or is going to be a, a, a an answer to a trivia question. I'm I'm comfortable saying that. Let's put it that way. I'll predict that. He better. You've came this far. You better fucking finish it. You better finish it. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know enough about the guy, except for what I've seen in these playoffs. And dude, what I've seen in these playoffs, I'm like, why are we not funding this type of shit? What this guy? Is, is making saves that I'm just like, you can't, you just can't, you can't do that. And he does it. Mm. It is. This is real life. Do you think Pittsburgh's coming out of, oh, by the time we post this, Pittsburgh could have won tonight, and it's all over, because they're up 3-2. Yeah. Oh, Pittsburgh's going to win this. They won the last game 7 to nothing, bro. Ottawa's done. Pittsburgh is trying to make statements way late, but trying hard. This is why I said, and I agree with Chris, somewhere when the Eastern and Western finals, conference finals were set before a game was played, there were ad execs ready to jump off buildings going, please, God, not Nashville, Ottawa. Please, God, not Nashville, Ottawa. Yeah. I mean, that's, they're, the sad part is it would do well in Canada, but Canada's 37 million people. I mean, that's like what? It's like New York and L.A. combined, probably. I was going to say, if you can, if you include the metro areas and the suburbs, yeah, it's New York and L.A. put together. Maybe if you so, want, maybe for some insurance, we'll throw in New York, Chicago, L.A. Bam, there you go. That's <laughs> definitely, I can say that it's definitely probably thirty-seven million people. I, I, since I don't have a dog in this fight, and since of the three teams that are left, two of them, I don't care for. I now I'm now at this point I'm just like what's the best thing for the NHL to get as many asses in the seats to watch it, and at this point it is the Penguins Nashville that would that would be the the, the matchup. You need your poster boy now NHL. Yeah, and here's the bitch of it: 
last week we talked about this. I completely fucking underestimated the leadership and and desire on that team outside of the people that everybody talks about. Crosby, Malkin, blah, blah, blah. That's because Malkin's still playing. Dude, Phil Kessel willed that team to a win in this series that if you listen to the mic'd up, he was cussing out Malkin. He's cussing out his coaches. He's cussing out his line mates. And then he goes out there right between the right between the fucking face-off circles, takes a shot. It gets blocked. He follows up on the play, puts it in the net. Boom. one nothing victory. I think that was the turning point in the playoffs for Pittsburgh. I, I really do. I think that Pittsburgh, that's their fuck you defining moment of this year's playoffs. So I guess I am going to make a prediction. The only way I see Pittsburgh, <laughs> I see Pittsburgh losing, in the, losing it is if they choke. And should we get a hot take sound effect? I don't think they're. I don't think they're the type of team that's going to choke. Period. That's just how I feel about it. I think Pittsburgh has got enough experience to where they're not going to choke it away. I mean, unless there's something going on that we don't know about. Yeah, go. They they did pull uh, Flurry though. Doesn't matter, dude. How many teams have switched fucking uh, switch goalies and won a Stanley Cup? Detroit did it. I'm just 2009, saying. we started with Hashik in goal, and he started fucking letting shit trickle in, and we were like, okay, put Osgood's old ass in there. Boom. Stanley Cup championship. You know, that was... I mean, that was what? Six yeah, years after Hashik won one? Fleury is not Hashik, and his backup is definitely not Osgood. But they got the players to go out there and win that without having to have a goalie stand on his fucking head. Agreed. Hence the 7 nothing last game. Nashville, Nashville is definitely the team that's there because of their goalie. Pittsburgh's a team that's there because they roll over people because they have enough fucking. They got four lines they can roll out that are a threat to score when they're on the ice. Well, you know, be, go easy, Chief, because Nashville scored six to two in their final. Get the fuck out of my series. So, I mean, they got people. PK Subban is not to be taken lightly. Look out, Rich. You've been told to go easy. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you, you haven't talked a lot about Nashville all season, and here they are, Stanley Cup. And Actually, not no. There just because of PK. Probably the, most not talk, probably the most we talked about any non-Red Wing or Crosby-related hockey topic before the playoffs, at least, was the uh, PK Subban uh, Shea Weber trade. Because I said, I said at that point, I was like, I think Nashville got the better of that trade. I mean, I, I've, I've had people argue with me, but I put PK Subban in at least the top five in the league as far as defenseman goes. And I'm not basing that on his fucking performance in the playoffs. I'm basing it on his career so far. And I get arguments. People are like, maybe top ten, but no way top five. And I'm like, all right. Hello, Stanley Cup. Yeah, beginning of the season, I was like, we'll see. You don't make it. I mean, you you set records in the regular season. You solidify your fucking legacy in the cup playoffs. And I think that they win a cup. Yeah, Pecorine is going to be fucking remembered as the one who carried them to it. But I think they're going to look back at that trade and go, especially once the farther away from it, they're going to go, that's the trade 
that lit the fire underneath Nashville's ass that they needed. Just like the Patrick Wah to the to for uh, Tebow trade to the to the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado Avalanche were the same team except for their goaltenders before Patrick Wah showed up. But no one was picking them to go to the fucking cup finals. And I mean that team was loaded. If you go back and look at the talent on that team, that was that was a Red Wing esque team as far as talent. Sackick, Forsberg, Mike Ricci, Adam Deadmarsh. And that was a deep team. They just didn't have the goaltending. The same thing for the stars with Belfort, you're right. You know. So I think that trade is gonna go down as as the 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 biggest story of of the season the further away we get from it. And when we look back on this year, and God forbid if the Nashville does win a cup, holy shit. The, I, the fans in fucking Montreal have to be pissed off at this point because they, they wanted him gone. They wanted him out of Montreal. That was not a trade where people were like, oh, well, we're upset that he left and we got Shea Weber. They were more than happy with that trade. Now I want to ask those same people, are you still happy with that trade? because he's black. Whoops. Get out of here. I, you know, dude, maybe 20 years ago, but I think at this point, you know, Montreal is so fucking starved for a cup that they're like, man, if racist, if, if Osama bin Laden and, and Saddam Hussein and Hitler were still alive and could play hockey, they'd fucking, they'd sign them. Yeah. That'd be their big three. What's Hitler's stat, li- <laughs> What's Hitler's stat line like? <laughs> and now... What's his- For the Montreal Canadiens, the big three. <laughs> what's Stalin's assist uh, statistics? Is that looking like that? You know, what's his plus minus? <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I got to go with Earl on this one. I don't see Pittsburgh blowing two games in a row to Ottawa. Um, and... I don't know, man. I'm just not. I'm not even comfortable trying to fucking. With saying that, uh, 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 Preds fucking Pens Cup final. I'm not even comfortable trying to pick a fucking winner from that. Yeah. To and me, with this, them being this, able to, they could pull it off tonight, and you're still not comfortable to be like, eh, I'm going with Pittsburgh. I, you know what? I'm actually excited to watch that because. I, I no no way thought it, that they would beat Chicago, but I'm actually excited to watch a Predators Penguins final because it's going to be good games. It's not going to be seven to nothing, you know, six to two. I to answer your question, Chris. Yeah, I'm I'm not comfortable fucking picking between the Pens and the, and the Predators, and Earl can back me up on this because we knew each other at that point. When the Avalanche beat Chicago in the second round in 96 and then beat Detroit in the third round, I was like, oh, Florida's had a nice run. It's over. And at no point did I, th- did I think Florida was going to fucking win the Stanley Cup that year against the oh, Avalanche. Oh, close. I mean, and I hated to say that because that was the year that cemented my hatred for the Avalanche. I mean, that was the playoffs that did it for me. So, I mean, it's not that I'm afraid to to, to, to make a call. It's just I'm not comfortable making one. I mean, eventually we're going to have to make a prediction. 
and I'll pick a team. But I mean, it's like I, fortunately I can, for me, my pick's already done on, on my stupid blown up bracket. I still have Pittsburgh winning the cup, but it's going to be hell of fun to see. I didn't see it playing out that. Way. I haven't thought of my bracket for like a month. Like as soon as both of my teams were out, like, well, fuck this thing. Yeah, basically at this point, the way I look at the bracket is it was nice, but now we actually have to pick the teams that are there. <laughs> and, yeah, you did pick the fucking Penguins to go to the Cup Finals, so you, you still have that going for you, Earl. Uh, but, yeah, at this point, it's like, yeah. Like Montreal I'm not, I'm not. and Chicago. Like, I was done after the first round. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. This this year's playoffs has been a lot more interesting and fun to watch than I thought it was going to be without the without the Red Wings in it. But it's just simply based on for the first time in over half of my life, I don't have a team I'm I'm rooting for in the playoffs, and so I can just sit back and appreciate the games for what they are. You don't have a vested interest, and I agree with you. I agree with you, Earl. You know, seven nothing blowouts are nice when your team's the one doing the blowouts. But when you're just a fan watching it, it's like, you know, at that point, unless they're fucking brawling on the ice, there's really, <laughs> you know, or someone that scores point, a highlight real goal, there's really nothing to, to get excited about. Well, especially when your LeBron James plays for Pittsburgh Penguins. I, I got LeBron James in the NBA. You got Sidney Crosby in the NHL. You hate him. Don't care how well, good he is, how much he scores, how much he wins, you're still going to talk shit about being a little bitch. Well, I mean, I just have hundreds of hours of YouTube fucking footage to back it up from him being a little bitch. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I got hundreds of, of news stories where I could show you that he's a crybaby. Oh, but boy. I mean, he's going to get in a hate off. If, 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 if you go and you look at Malkin's highlight reels like best of you know all that shit i that's why i say i don't even think he's the best all-around player on the team i give that to malkin once again all-around player you. i don't even know you and i hate your guts i hope all the bad right so you're saying not vested interest and i agree with you but tell me you would love to see nashville just crush crosby yeah, yeah. <laughs> also be in front of the tv laughing that give, it, rich that give you a little tickle in your nuts a little bit of joy like, yeah, it's like right, watching bitch. it's like watching two exes from two relationships that were absolutely horrible and I hate both of them get into a fight. I just want to see them knock each other out at the exact same moment and they both hit the ground at the exact same moment and no winners declared and I'd be happy. Rich wants the first ever co Stanley Cup. I mean, I'm not trying to be a smart ass, but I but I mean, you know, or not not that's not the right word. I'm not trying to be like, you know, uh 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 you know, wallow in my gallows humor. But if Nashville and the Penguins were in Pittsburgh playing a game and a plane carrying the New York Yankees crashed into that fucking arena, I wouldn't mourn for any of those, any three of those teams. That's just all I'm saying. Damn. Like, I, I don't, I don't right, like, right. I don't like them. But, but here's the thing, though. If that all happened. You would look at it and still come on this show and go, it's Crosby's dead. <laughs> you wouldn't care that Nashville and, and the Yankees and everybody else was dead. You, you would announce that Crosby had died. 
honestly, joking aside, because it was a joke, if Crosby, for whatever reason, was to drop dead right now, I wouldn't take the joy in it that I took when I heard that Roger Ailes died. I know, right? <laughs> because Sidney Crosby, for all his antics on the ice, can't be a worse human being off the ice than Roger Ailes was. So. <laughs> like, I mean, outside of hockey, he's probably a great guy. You know, maybe I'd sit down and have a beer with him and tell him, hey, stop trying to grow that shit on your upper lip. But, you know. That's another thing that bummed me out about Chris Cornell's death. He's got to be in the death triangle with Roger Ailes. Like, oh, man. <laughs> At least he's got Roger Moore in there. It's been, hey, a, guys, it's been a bad week for long, Roger. So I, I, this has to be mentioned. Chris and I mentioned it before you got on, Rich. Okay, Calvin, I love you. I supported you. I wished you would win something sometime soon. I warned you. I prepared you. Sir? You signed a contract. You were committed. This is you cannot a, come out now and start bitching that they didn't release you. This is a I just, millionaires I just want versus to say, billionaires argument, isn't it? I just want to say real quick, nice live reference. Oh, Chris. Yeah. Dude, I don't think any. I was like, did he just quote white discussion by live? <laughs> and yes, you did. To me, okay, that's like their best song. Hey, thank you, thank you. I'm right there with you. Well, that and Horse, the hidden, the hidden track on that album. I think those, those are the best two songs I've ever done. But anyways, go ahead. Surprised I haven't thought about that for fucking uh, parts of Unregiment. <laughs> <laughs> um, Noted. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought his beef was that they basically gave him the cold shoulder on the way out the door. That too. That too. All right, because I understand that. If you retire while your contract is active, then they prorate your contract as far as, or they prorate your signing bonus, and you and you are you have to pay it back if the team wants it. And it it came down to like what I just heard this in another podcast. It came down to like less than four hundred thousand dollars. He had to yeah. return. It's like three hundred thirty-two thousand or some shit like that. Okay, now I understand that Chris. You know, you're going to take the. The, the stance of this is billionaires and millionaires arguing. I get that. But let's be honest. Anyone who goes, well, Calvin don't need that $300,000. Well, if that's the way you feel about Calvin and $300,000, then you really must feel that the Ford family doesn't need that $300,000 either. I do, but I think it's it, this is a principle thing. It's like, hey, man, you're choosing to walk away. It's a contract's a contract. That's how it goes. You'll get to keep the extra money you got because you didn't serve out the turn. I mean, this, this ain't his first rodeo. This ain't like they uh-huh. just found him on the street. Hey, you want to play football? You know, this isn't Mark Wahlberg and fucking whatever fucking movie that was about the Eagles. You know, he got drafted. He, he's been in the machine probably since high school. You know, this isn't... So, I mean, you're going to complain about giving to give back 300 k Wah. You chose to walk, and, and how they you chose to you walk away. You cho- that's the thing is how, how how they treated you. How about you treated them in the Same. middle of, of a contract? You said fuck it, I'm done. See, but this is this is how come I'm, I'm getting the impression that this isn't solely about money, solely about them giving him them giving the Lions giving him the cold shoulder on the way out the door. This is a bunch of things that added up to a bunch of hurt feelings on both. On both their parts, the team, or at least the front office, and 
Calvin Johnson on their. It just it's, it seems like it seems like the front office was like, you know, God damn it, we're just starting to get hit our stride. We're just starting to fucking make headway, and you're going to retire. But at the same time, anyone who has been a beat reporter that I've read anything about when it comes to Calvin Johnson has said his body was breaking down the last season he played at a scary rate. Like, like to the point where... He's playing at a high level. To the point where, you know, a couple more years and he might be looking at surgery just so he can be able to pick up a fucking cup and put it, you know, and take a drink or something. Because his hands were so fucked. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. You could see it. He was Megatron. He was the biggest shit. Just throw it up to him. But then they stopped and started getting more wide receivers. I'm like, why? Because his body was breaking down. But I also think the Lions got the same feeling they got when Barry did that shit. I think a lot of this is is residual fucking residual bullshit left over from how Barry left. That's what I'm saying. Calvin Johnson weighed his options, announced his retirement in a way that, look, I can't respect the way Barry went out. I think it was a bullshit way. To me, it's like telling your wife you want a divorce over a text. And then ghosting the bitch until the fucking until you see her in divorce court. Is Barry a, bit, a pioneer of ghosting? Is that where we're going with this? Pretty much, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a, when it comes to ghosting, he's a hipster. He's the OG, the original ghoster. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, dude, I get it. You know, you don't. He didn't feel that he owed them anything more than that. But really, dude, it's not the team that you, you basically dick slapped with that. And going out the way you did, it's the fans. Now, whether the fans have a right to feel that way or not, that's that's you know that's an argument we could have for two hours, because some people will go, well, who the who the fuck are the fans? The fans aren't the ones that have to wake up with the aches and pains he does every day, with the gaps in his memory because he you know he took a hit, and he he lost ten minutes of the fucking game, he was out on his feet. But then the other side of it is, if it wasn't for the fans coming out. He'd be playing to an empty stadium. So, in other words, he wouldn't be playing. Hey, oh, now I know. I totally chided Earl earlier on in the podcast, but we do have some breaking news. <laughs> um, I got an email from the National Football League. Ooh, I know. Uh, it just—it's they're talking about touchdown celebrations. It says, <laughs> "I'm I am reading this right from my email." Touchdown celebrations, snow angels, group demonstrations, and more are back. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to get to the meat of the email. Today we are excited to tell you about another change that comes after conversations with more than 80 current and former players. We are relaxing our rules on celebrations to allow players more room to have fun after they make big plays. We know that you love spontaneous displays of emotion that come after a spectacular touchdown. And players have told us they want more freedom to be able to express themselves and celebrate their athletic achievements. Well, they give you a... So here are a few examples of celebrations that will be allowed after scores under the new policy. This is... Wow. Using the football as a prop after a TD. Celebrating on the ground. Group demonstrations. Wow. We know we have more work to do, blah, 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 Roger Goodell. Yeah, we're getting back to the uh, T.O. celebrations. So wait a minute. I saw that breaking news, but I didn't say it because when I said the other breaking news, you made fun of me. 
All right, you know what? Can you guys wait till the show's over to see whose dick's the biggest? Please, can we? Can I'll we, take that. That's fine. Can 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 we not have them flopping out phallic symbols here on there? It's about well, it's about relevancy, or anyway. To me, this is amazing because after years and years and years of defending at every turn their crackdown on celebrations, now they're basically coming out and admitting after a season where they felt for a few weeks the fear of, oh shit, we're not gaining ground, we're actually losing ground. Now all of a sudden they're willing to fucking compromise their morals because it was a moral issue with these celebrations to a lot of people in the NFL for years and years. Catch your black act people like on TV acting happy. Yeah act, like you, yeah, act like you've been there. Why can't you be like Barry and just flip the ball to the official and just trot over to the sideline? Because the fans want more. Well, for fucking hundreds of dollars for, you know, for the experience, they want do a snow angel. I'm gonna fuck. <laughs> How does that affect the play on the field? You can so, dunk it over the always, bar now. That's always been my thought, really, on celebrations. How does that affect what's gonna go on before and after that touchdown? I don't give a fuck if they celebrate or not. To me, how they celebrate. I like. I liked. I liked getting the cell phone. I liked pulling out the ball. I liked pulling out the sharpie and saying, "Whatever, man." Like. Didn't affect what went on before and after that touchdown. In my mind, celebrations are fine until it starts putting, until it starts stalling, moving forward in the game. Turns at that point, to Jerry Maguire celebration. Is that what you're going to say? Oh no, the River Dance celebration in uh, basketball. Basketball. Basically, if you're holding up the game with your celebration, give them a delay a game fucking penalty and move the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, but it just my thought process to this whole thing is once that they reach the end zone and score, reset the play clock. Start, you know, set the ball, start the play clock. If they're still celebrating in the end zone, can't set up for an extra point. Flag. No, I'm right there with you, man. That's Look, when Chad Johnson was doing his celebrations, I never had a problem with it. The only problem I had with T.O. is that T.O. seemed like his celebrations were a lot more not celebrating that he got in the end zone, but almost rubbing it in to the other team's face. I don't know. And, and, and he didn't care if it was going to piss off the other team, make it harder for his team to win, whatever. I, I don't know. For whatever reason, I, just, I picked up a, a level of, I don't want to say malicious, but... Just the negativity that came. It's it's like the Randy Moss fucking moon in the crowd. I didn't have an issue. I like I'm not Joe Buck. That's a disgusting display. It's a disgraceful. Oh, act. guys, stop, stop, stop. Cortez Kennedy died. This is breaking news. Just reported. <laughs> Getting I'm not kidding, dude. Breaking news off. Se- Seattle Seahawks defensive lineman Cortez Kennedy died at 48. Damn. Oh, shitty. A defensive lineman died at 48. I'm going to go ahead and guess. Was it something to do with his weight? Oh, it's my guess as well. I haven't seen how he died yet. But, it, yeah, it just reported he's passed Head. away. And he was a hell of a lineman, too, boy. Let me tell you something. Brain? Or am I not supposed to say that? Am I not supposed to bring that up? Well, oh, he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2012. 
No, I'm saying, are we surprised that somebody who got hit in the head for a living died? You know, I, again, is, am I not supposed to bring that up? No, there's, there's no, there's no correlation, you know, there between the two, according to what they have a helmet. Certain people, you know, just like you know, Gary Bettman says that fighting causes CTE, but checking each other into boards doing 30 miles per hour on the ice doesn't but somehow someone throwing their fist does you know so i uh, i don't understand that but whatever the fuck no you're not supposed to draw but to answer your question you're not supposed to draw a link between the two oh okay gotcha nudge nudge wink wink well that's us we can't end the show on somebody dying i'm just saying as i'm reviewing it the death the cause of his death is still unclear all right, well, it's very sad the man died. But let's yeah, be honest. I mean, he, he's not a current player. So, I mean, you know, what, what, is, what is the Anthony uh, Jesnick or whatever the fuck his name is? In my thoughts and prayers are with your family. In other words, you know, I'm going to go on about my life and, do, and it's going to affect me absolutely not at all. It's just but, an ah kind of moment. But I wanted, but I wanted to get your thoughts because it seemed like you had more thoughts on the Calvin Johnson thing, and we got sidetracked. What do you think? Like, what what do you think should have been done? Because Calvin's never been the guy to start shit. He doesn't go so, to the press. That's it. That's he doesn't it. go to the press and start talking out of school and get shit started. So it seems to me that someone had to come to him and fucking ask him these questions. Uh, it's kind of a, a mutual thing, Rich. He has started going to the press and talking bad about the Lions and saying all of the shit that he, he doesn't even like to think about the Lions. And I'm like, dude, it, it seems like he's a little bitter that he didn't get to the playoffs, he didn't get to the Super Bowl, and, and so on and so forth, and they wouldn't release him to go to somebody else to get there. Yeah. I, I'm on the train of thought is is be a man, stand up, take an active role in the fucking locker room, and make sure that no matter what, you get there. There's people in the NFL that have done this with less. And he is sitting in his giant house that the Detroit Lions you know, gave him, thinking these shitty thoughts about them. I'll bring that up. I'll be that guy. Just saying. If I heard, if I heard correctly, if I heard correctly, he's out right now working out. In Oakland. Oakland. Yeah. Yep. Really? Yeah. yeah, he says... He's not trying to do the Marshawn Lynch thing, but he is working out with Oakland and Marshawn Lynch. Well, the LA, well, Las Vegas Raiders or wherever the fuck they are. We stand behind our coach. He is our man 100%. Well, if he's not out there to get back into football. Why is he working out? Well, hold on. I'll take him at his word for it. But why? Well, he's why is he working? Because there's a million reasons, dude. He could be trying to get himself into coaching. He could be working with young wide receivers, which is a perfect way to tr- to get himself into the coaching game. Well, that's you true. Know? But why are you working out and showing your talent? Why aren't you out there coaching and being an assistant? Because he's still capable of doing it, just like Herman Moore. When Herman Moore comes in and starts talking to the young receivers the Lions have, he goes out there and catches passes from Stafford still. Here you go, Rich. Proving you right before uh, the end of the podcast. 
Johnson is taking up residence at 1220 Harbor Bay Parkway for the week. Viewing practice as a guest of offensive coordinator Todd Downing. I mean, what better way? What better way to show a young wide receiver how to do it than to have Calvin Johnson go watch how I do it and do it like I do it? Uh, agreed. That goes back to our talk just recently in this podcast about Steph Curry and his shot. I agree. But all that said. You can't come out after being with the team for so long and start bitching because they made you give back part of the signing bonus because you didn't fulfill the contract. Well, I'm going to say something that's not going to be very popular here, possibly on this between the <laughs> you guys on this podcast. And if 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 we have a lot, you know, any Detroit listeners, it's probably not going to be very popular with them. But this is just how I felt from the minute he was drafted. I never felt that Calvin was 100% Detroit Lion through and through. I never Great. felt that I never felt that he thought of himself as better than the Lions, but he always had an aloofness to him that kept him from being one of those special guys in Detroit sports fans' minds. I mean, you know, Detroit sports fans embrace guys who have that lunch pail mentality. And he has a he has an amazing work ethic, and he has an amazing he has you know he had amazing talent. So of course he was beloved for that. But I never got that he was like a deep in the community guy. Now neither was Sue, but with Sue it was more of a standoffish, keep everyone at arm's length thing. With Calvin Johnson, it just came off as. And maybe I'm reading the man wrong, but it came off as football was a means to an end. Football was the starting point of the rest of his life. Like I can see Calvin Johnson down the line being a businessman or being in, the, you know, in someone's front office somewhere. I mean, he's you know he's going back to school. He doesn't have to do that. He's got more than enough money, you know, to, to never... doesn't have to worry about getting a fucking nine to five. But he's going back to school to finish his, his education. He's showing initiative when it comes to, like I said, playing the, you know, trying to get in the coaching game. So, I, you know, I don't know, but I just... I never picked up that he was like a ride or die for Detroit player. I, I'm going to go with you, Rich. And say you're absolutely right. I think receivers and big names, big talent, like Calvin Johnson, when they hear that they're on Detroit, they're doing the, you know, they have the exact same feeling any quarterback does when they're on uh, Cleveland. It's like, fuck. Yeah. All right. Damn it. Let's go. This is well, not gotta, the uniform I imagined myself in when I was 12 years old. I have absolutely no chance of winning shit. I'm gonna go be a star on a no on a nothing team, and that's just my role that I'm gonna have to play for this length of time. Damn it! And there's no chance that I'm gonna cry and get myself traded because I am who I am. They're not trading Fucking a talent like me. Sucks. Guys like Warren Sapp who get drafted by a team like the Bucks, and if you go back and look at Warren Sapp's draft day. He looked like he was on the verge of tears, and that's his hometown team. I mean, his exact words years later, looking back on his draft day, was, the yucks? 
in them ugly ass uniforms. That's who drafted me. Really? But very few guys are like him to the point where they're like, okay, I got drafted by the Bucks. The Bucks suck. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to change the culture and we're going to become winners. Right, I think a lot of guys just go, let me play that. out my contract. No, there are. And I and this isn't a slam against Calvin Johnson because he he did. He put his body on the line for to help his team win. But he wasn't the one who picked up the flag and said, follow me in the battle. Let's go. I, you know but what, he, though? He did I, hang I am, out for 10 years. You, I am putting give him slam. that. No, no. Just because you hang out and play your role. Uh, okay. So? Damn. Look, like, no, no, no. I, exactly, Dan. You're tough, man. I am tough. Look at what Rich is saying about the Bucks. Absolutely. Sap did do that. But there's other people that do that, too. Look at the Ravens. Former Cleveland. Yeah. You go to the Ravens and, oh, my God, seriously? He didn't who help. in the hell goes to Baltimore to play? Well, he didn't help change the culture. I'll give you that. He just kind of hoped it would change. He kind of went there, as Rich says, with his hard hat, and he's had a workman's mentality. I'm going to go put it all out there, and I hope everybody else comes up. He, he made the mistake of having faith in the people around him. Well, you also got to remember the year he was drafted, Mike March was our offensive coordinator. And I remember clear as fucking day when they took him with their first pick. ESPN cut to Mike March, and they were interviewing him. And Mike March was as giddy as I've ever seen that man be. And he was like, I'm already game planning. I heard he had a hard on. And making, you know, and and, and coming up with plays featuring Calvin Johnson. There's a rumor. Martz was fully too messing during this press conference. Uh, another <laughs> three example. and a half inches of blue steel, gentlemen. Blue, uh, hey, another blue another and gray steel, is, please. Uh, another example is Ray Lewis with the Ravens. Nobody thought anything of Baltimore, but Ray Lewis got there and was like, "Look, this is how we're going to do it," just like Sap did. And that defense was to be feared, one of the most feared defenses since Sap. My my famous quote from the year they won. Who the fuck is Trent Dilfer? I actively (laughs) remember saying that. Right. Their offense was shit. Their defense was to be feared and and led their team to victory. Okay, Calvin Johnson, you're Megatron. You could transform. You could go up and get balls. Great. So when you're in the locker room, tell everybody, I'm not taking this shit for no reason. I'm not going across the middle just because I like to get hit. Step up your fucking game. And he never did. He just sat there and was like, I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to do what I do. See, that's the thing. You can be a great player and not be a great leader. A hundred percent. And I've been in bands with guys who were amazing musicians, but... They suck to work with. Yeah. Or the the even more head-scratching ones were the ones who were amazing musicians. But it was just... Unless they were playing, it was just bleh. They're just there. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they don't have any strong opinions one way or the other. They put the work in. They they know their parts. They nail their parts. But there's nothing about their personality that makes them stand out. It's quite possible Calvin Johnson is just one. Look, just because you're in a professional sports does not mean you are a charismatic person. Maybe he's just a boring person. Eli Manning, according to Michael Strahan, has 
has one look, and it ain't blue steel. I mean, he just seriously. <laughs> uh, he just yeah. He looks like him and Freddie Prince look confused all the time. They look like a they look like a dog you just showed a magic trick to. You know, I mean, but he's got two fucking rings. Yeah. And who does he have him against? The goat. Yeah. The goat coach right. and the goat quarterback. Right. And Rich, I'll go out on my own personal, you know, likes. Ed Belfour, amazing goalie. I said, stop 52 out of 51 shots. But he ain't the guy that stands up and goes, will somebody please score? I don't like to get hit by rubber. I'm doing this for a reason. Well, yeah. He's I not mean, that guy. You- and to bring it to bring it back, one of the reasons you know people would always say here in Detroit, especially before they they started winning cups, well, what kind of leader is Iserman? Well, you got to think about that. Before they won cups, people were calling Steve Iserman's leadership abilities into question. Iserman is the type of leader that goes out there, and he works so hard, he makes you feel ashamed if you're not working as hard as him, and. Now that he's retired, the stories are starting to come out. What kind of what kind of uh, a player was was he to play with? What kind of leader was he? Everyone said the same thing. He led by example. However, if something needed to be said, he would be the first one to go over, shut the doors, at p- politely tell the media it's a player only meeting. Let the coaches know it's a player only meeting. Shut the doors and say what needed to be said. But he didn't make a big deal about it. He didn't go to the oh. press and say, I called a player-only meeting and I straightened some motherfuckers out. That wasn't his style. Who are you talking about? Steve Eiserman. Oh. I mean, Steve Eiserman, his leadership style is like the parent that doesn't yell at you when you fuck up. He, he, he was like the parent that just looks at you and goes, I'm so disappointed in you. It, he doesn't and it was so much worse. Shit, He's the kind of guy I think just stands there and gives you that disappointing look, and you automatically just drop to your knees and go, "Fuck, I'm sorry." The 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 one thing in Probert's autobiography and McCarty's autobiography they both said is that the one thing they never wanted was for Steve Eiserman to look their way with a look of disappointment. They never wanted to let him down. Now, for whatever reason, that leadership worked. I never, basically, what I'm saying about Calvin Johnson is I never got that from him. I got that Calvin Johnson would be very happy to be standing in the middle of the team and letting someone else take the fucking reins as far as being vocal. And but they don't have one though. Really, I don't think they do. The best, the closest they got is Matt Stafford. And I don't see Stafford as a fucking rah rah guy. I don't either. They they don't have one. Dominican Sue possibly was, but then they were like, tone it down. You're in the NFL. You can't do this shit. He's like, See, you I know hate- what? Go fuck you then. You guys go and do whatever you want. Well, no, he's irrelevant Sue- in Miami, so it doesn't matter. I mean, Sue has amazing talent. He's also got a fucking big temper. I don't think anyone can fucking argue with that. But I never saw Sue as a, as, as a very d- dynamic leader either. I didn't see that guy as I wasn't buying that guy from day one that he was going to stay here in Detroit. I was like, this is this is how he gets in. That was always my impression of that guy. But, but let me ask you guys a question. Detroit Lions, period. They don't have one. They haven't had one. I don't even I can't one. I can remember one guy, Chris Beelman, number 54 linebacker. Yeah. All kinds of rah rah for sure. He was a okay, leader in the locker but, room. Okay, but after him, tell me one guy on Detroit Lions that's a rah-rah guy. I can tell you two guys, and one guy, his career ended, well, his season ended, that, that he was really becoming a leader in the locker room, and that was Nate Burlinson when he broke his arm. 
reaching for a pizza that slid off his fucking passenger seat. The preseason games, into up until he broke his arm, he was in the media. He was always positive. He was always building up the team, building up the other guys. He was never tearing anybody down, talking shit. He if if he had a if he had a bad game, he put it on him. He didn't say, "Well, you know, we didn't play up to." No, he was like, "No, I went out there and I stunk it up." He was taking responsibility. Then he got injured. And, yeah, you can lead from the sidelines, but not as much as being out there on the field. And then the other guy, I saw him try to do it, would be Golden Tate. And Golden Tate, just by coming in and going, look, I've been uh, where you guys want to be, I've been there. I know what it takes. I got this ring. The problem, is, the problem is, I think, yeah, his his – NFL shelf life was getting real close to expiring by the time he got here. Yep. So he couldn't go out there and be the physical all-around leader that they needed, plus be the vocal guy in the locker room. That's what I'm saying. I just don't think it's it, – it, my point is, guys, I don't think it's accepted in Detroit Lions locker rooms. I think there's a bunch of individuals trying to be a team. Calvin Johnson that. included. I can see I can see a lot of guys in the, in, in the Lions locker room, if someone stood up, and started doing the rah-rah thing, going, what the fuck are you rah-rahing about? We yeah. haven't won shit ever. Yeah. Sit down and shut up. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Like Catch your passes and shut the fuck up. Yes. Get, collect your checks. That's, and I think season. that's what they did to Indomitian Sue, and that's why he left, cause, and, and it was public. He's got to tone it down because of his temper. Woo-woo. No. Feed off that. I, Ray Lewis did the exact same fucking thing. Uh, uh, the corner for fucking... Oh, I just saw him for Seattle. What's his name? Sherman. Richard Sherman. Sherman. Same guy. Beats him on his way to the fucking Super Bowl. Pats the guy in the ass and talks shit. Come on. Nobody is like that in Detroit. I just don't think it's accepted. And you're right, Rich. Somebody stand up like like a Ray Lewis type thing. People are going to be like, uh, okay, dude, shut up. I got music to listen to. I'm getting in my zone. I think, I think under Schwartz, when he was here, for a split second, it could have it could have been different if 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 Schwartz's record was better, because for a split second there, that man had this city in the palm of his hand, because it was like he is fucking insane. Seriously, he's like Harbaugh out there in Michigan at U of M. Totally agree. Like, it, like you're just like he's not even a leader it's just this motherfucker will walk through a brick wall just because he doesn't want to waste time trying to crawl over it or walk around it so he's just going to go through it and that's just what he does so i mean we've had little glimpses of it but yeah we haven't had that ultimate leader ever since i've since i've been following football i've never heard that in the lions period like i said like i said the last one i could think of is chris bielman he took control and led that defense, and that's when they were in the playoffs with Barry. And what happened? But he I'm got, just saying he that he got let down so much. He finally said, "Fuck it," and went and signed with well, Buffalo. And he also hurt his neck. So, but yeah, but, but I mean, but still, since he, then, I just don't think it's accepted to do that in a Lions locker room, and that's bullshit because they have the talent. I'm so tired of people saying that there's no ta- there's so much talent in Detroit. It's disgusting. You had one of the greatest receivers ever, one of the best running backs ever, maybe two of the greatest receivers ever. Herman Moore could have been. If 
he had a quarterback that throw him. I digress. My point being is when somebody tries to, you know, be responsible and carry that team, they're like, I'm just here for the check, man. I got guaranteed money. I got to make this catch, and I'm I'm millionaire. Well, Stop hope, it. Hopefully, Quinn's changing the culture, man. Oh, I didn't hate the draft. I didn't, love I didn't it, either. I think we did real well. I would have liked a different uh, linebacker. Uh, I debate them there, but I digress. Jared's going to be okay, I think. I, I've seen his tapes in Florida, and the man can play. Oh, maybe Quinn can bring some of that, some of that magic in a bottle from that organization. He was in it. He won something in it. So let's bring it all the way back because I'm going to stop ranting about this. All the way back, Calvin. Don't bitch about the Lions. And don't bitch about the money you had to give back when you had a chance being one of the greatest receivers ever to pick that team up, slap them, say, this is how this shit's going to roll. And you never did. He could have at least said, hey, my ride's done here. You don't think he'd be wearing a Patriots uniform if you would have said it? Any uniform he wanted. Exactly. I think he could have played at two teams at the same fucking time. (laughs) Calvin Johnson was one of the very few players in Detroit sports history that was his prolific and beloved as he was that I think before he opened his mouth about this subject just just recently if he came back and went to a team like the Patriots besides the percentage of people who are just always going to hate on anyone who's not in the Lions uniform that he'd have pretty much had the fans blessing if he is trying to low-key make a comeback and he's not he's not trying to throw his hat into the coaching game ring he's going about it the wrong way yeah. because now there's going to be a lot of people in Detroit that are going to be like fuck him traitor turncoat oh Guilty. you got all this you got all this shit to fucking say now that you ain't a lion but you didn't have shit to say when you were wearing the fucking colors did you guilty that's me if you can't give 100% when you're in in the team and, and it's just not the lions then anywhere then don't say shit when you're gone yeah. Matter of fact, matter of fact, Marsh, uh, Richard Sherman is being shopped by Seattle. Bring his ass to Detroit. Put him in that locker room. Give them an attitude adjustment, and then go out and play. I think I read something a couple weeks ago that that's all done. Like they, what? they're done. Look, all that trade shit's over. He's no, gonna, no, no. He's going to be a over. Seahawk. I, I'm watching it as we speak. Trust no. me on this. Sherman is being shopped by Seattle. They have just admitted it. And they're talking about it as you and I and, and Rich do this podcast. Breaking how news? Did they just did, how did they just admit it when they've been doing it for weeks now? Well, they finally openly admit that they're doing it to the public. That being said, bring well, his hardcore ass to Detroit. Put him well, in that locker room. Okay, I get you. But I'm glad. It's, it's like Clay Aiken. I'm glad you know you're gay. We've known for years. Like, they're finally admitting they're shopping him around. I'm glad they're admitting that because... It hasn't been a fucking state secret or anything, but it's, it's never been openly admitted. Uh, well, it's I think it's because of what I'm seeing yesterday. There's a story about Jay Gruden visits with Richard Sherman. So I guess at this point, it's a, you done you done caught him in bed with the other woman, right? So now Pete they gotta Carroll, go. Pete Carroll up to this point had said he all he knows and all he hopes is that Richard Sherman's going to be a Seahawk next year. That's all they said. Okay, now I understand, opening. but. Th- Derek Jeter didn't need to come out and say that he fucking busted all over Jessica Alba's ass and, and you know, for us to know that he was balls deep in that bitch. 
I mean, it's nice to have confirmation, but let's be honest. This is well, the, now. It's now. Now they're just now they're just giving fucking. They're giving confirmation to people who are like, well, maybe they're not shopping them. Maybe maybe this is all just just rumor and speculation. Come on, man. If it's smoke, there's fire. I'd like okay. to point out I'm not I'm insane at this point. Go get him. I'd like to point out I'm not insane. This is a story from April 28th, SeattlePI.com. Richard Sherman stays in Seattle, but team received calls. So that that was out there. I didn't. That wasn't a fever dream. No, it changed. That. I'm just saying. I guess so, man. And that being said, what? go get him. What? We need it. You tripped, fell, landed on his dick. <laughs> <laughs> we need him. Come you, you over here. Put, put somebody in that locker room that's going to carry him emotionally. And and I think we got it. You going to listen to someone who smacked D. Barnes? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. In a, I, in a minute. I had to explain that to somebody on a recent podcast. I think it was on the Weedsman podcast available here at ChristopherMedia.net. Yeah, big, or Big Rob, or is I think it was Big Rob or Aaron, didn't know about D. Barnes. I had to brief them. Like, oh, yeah, Dude, Dr. Dre paid a lot of money to keep that shit buried. Yeah, that wasn't just a slap. He threw that bitch down a flight of stairs, too. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, so. He, he told her twice. <laughs> now, that's okay, guys, something so that no am one's ever going to Am I wrong here? Look, here's the deal. I know a lot of people think Sherman's overrated, as it is. That they say that he is the product of having good players around him in a system that is that allows behind him. that allows him to play at the level he does take him out of that system take away his supporting cast and he's not he's not as great as everyone thinks and then i also hear what chris just said and i've been hearing this more and more the last probably two seasons about him his best days are behind him so from from strictly this standpoint if they could get him here without paying a a hefty sum and without giving up a whole lot, yeah, he might be that fucking injection of adrenaline that the Lions need in the locker room. But if he comes with a huge price tag or they have to give up a ton to get him, I I don't know how much his rah-rah shit's going to be worth it. I I think it's what the only thing we're missing, Rich. So if you got to pay him, fucking pay him. At some point, you need the missing piece. You've had the quarterback. You've had the receivers. You've had the running back. You've had the defense. What are you missing? You're missing the personality that won't stand for failure in the fucking locker room. Okay, That's but once again, once really? again, we go That's back to what That's what you think the Lions' problem is leadership? It's, come on, man. But once again, we go back to the problem that happened with Nate Burleson. Okay? He was saying all the right things. He was the... the, the he was... Basically, on on the path to be the face of the franchise, as far as the guy who gives the best interviews, says all the right things, gives the best fucking sound bites, and he got injured. So he couldn't back it up on the field. If Sherman shows up and is rah-rah to the core and fires the team up, but he goes out there and lays a fucking egg, what good does that do? You have to be able to back it up with your play. I don't think he lays an egg, though. I really don't. I'm not on the train of his best days behind him. I feel he's still a shutdown corner. Darrell Rivas, best days behind him. Kind of have to respect the name. But you say you want him? You say we got proof? Because you got to respect the name. We you got to respect the name. I'm not cutting it out. Got to respect the name. That's what I said. Go ahead, rewind it all you want. But with Richard Sherman, I still believe he has a chance to be a shutdown corner for a few years. 
Moreover, I think he's going to inject that personality they need in the locker room and lead that team. Just like Terrell Owens. Didn't matter if he was on San Fran, Eagles, Dallas. He still ran his fucking mouth and tried to do the rah-rah. I think all the the pieces are in place in Detroit. The problem with Nate Burleson when he did it, Detroit didn't have all the pieces. Well, honestly, all bullshit aside, I think it's a very fucking long shot. That even if, even if Sherman comes out and says, I will never again play for the fucking Seahawks, then he ends up in Detroit. In fact, I would be willing to guess if we could read his mind, he's not even thinking of Detroit as a place he would end up. We're back to, oh shit, if that's the only team that picks him up, what have I done? Why am I here? It's really, really what, what, what we're talking about is that whether it's Sherman or a player who we, we, we don't even know his name yet, what a franchise like Detroit needs is a guy who's going to transcend the aw shit factor. I'm in Detroit. Who's going to go, I don't give a fuck where I'm at. I win wherever I go. And I'm going to fucking make sure that if you're on my team, you're going to win too. I don't give a fuck about your history. I don't give a fuck about 1957 and that shit since then. I don't care about Barry Sanders. I don't care about Megatron. And I damn sure don't care about Wayne Fonts. Fuck it. We're going to win starting now. Follow me. That's what that's what a franchise like Detroit needs. And 100%. Yeah. And Quinn coming from the Patriots... Yes, he does come from a winning pedigree. The question is, can he be that guy in the front office that sparks the team on the field? And I think that's an even harder job than for a a, a guy who's injured on the sidelines who can't go out there and say, follow me in the battle. We're going to fucking win this game. I I, I think it's a very much harder battle because Quinn had Brady. Brady is and the Belichick. general, and, and well, I'm not so much Belichick. I don't believe. Hey, weren't you arguing with me about how elite Stafford is a few months ago? As a quarterback, he's a great quarterback. Are you telling me Megatron wasn't a great receiver? No, but I'm saying you're like Quinnhead Brady. Well, now he's got Man no, Stafford. No, the general, the guy who in the locker room led those troops. Ah, that was Brady. That's okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And by Matt the way, Stafford, real- I don't think does that. I think he has the same attitude as Megatron going, I'm going to throw it, you're going to catch it, and let's hope everything works out. By the way, real quick, uh, an article I read that was kind of shocking was they broke down the numbers, and depending on Stafford's next contract, by the time he retires, he could be, at the time of his retirement, the all-time earnings leader in the NFL history. And I'm like, God damn, dude. If you're going to, if that's how you're, I mean, I, now granted, that is something he ain't going to hold that title for long because it's, players are only going to make more and more money as the league keeps making more and more money. Wait till Lonzo Ball gets to the NFL. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll take on everybody. Yeah, no, Fuck Mike Dicka. I don't, I don't even need. I just I'll me be, versus everybody. Me versus the eighty-five Bears. I'm there. <laughs> I'll beat Mike Singletary one on one. No, <laughs> but no. I mean, dude, there's like, something wrong with you. <laughs> I mean, just think about that. Like, does that paycheck equal his his record and his his stats? I mean, I 
one of the most damning stats is that he's like five and twenty nine versus teams over five hundred. Yeah, got that a is insanity. Mm-hmm. So, look, man, the Lions are just the special needs fucking team of the NFL, and I know you're a homer, Earl, and I know all the reasons why. It's just, I mean, I don't even know anyone who really hates the Lions. You know who really hates the Lions? We're all just, Lions fans. We're all just disappointed in them, really. And that's been it's my. It's because we're missing leadership. Seriously. About the last decade. I'm not kidding at this it's just point. Just disappointment. Like, here we go. Another NFL season where someone else is going to win. <laughs> I mean, think about this, guys. You've had the greatest field goal kicker of all time on your team. Ooh! The best, the best running back, the best wide receiver, a debatable yet, elite quarterback, a hell of a defense, and, and you, you still have haven't got to the show. And haven't even have, got to it. You had most of those people on the team at the same time. That's the thing. You had Hanson, you had Stafford, and you had the number one defense in the league all at the same time in the same year, and you still couldn't even win a playoff game. Fucking thing sucks! Just from a, just from a morale standpoint, that's got to be a crushing blow to take. I mean, I need just, someone to be in that fucking locker room and going, it, it's over. Let's I'm go. Right like you said, you. Rich. It's like getting back together with a partner that you know is going to cheat on you. But yeah, or maybe this time. And then, nope, sure enough. You know, come December. Yeah, but she's pregnant, and I'd be a dick to leave her when she's pregnant. And yeah. I caught, I, and I caught her in bed with another guy while she's pregnant with my kid. Right, but this time you need somebody that's going to get in there, make sure that she, she don't cheat. If you have to chain her ass to the fucking bathroom toilet, that's what's going to happen, goddammit. Easy, buddy, easy. No, it's going down. Should what is this, some black snake moan shit? Yeah, I know, right? Fucking, <laughs> he's tying up Christina Ricci somewhere. Here's how she won't <laughs> cheat on me. I'll tire to the fucking radiator. Hey, Bitch, you can't over. cheat if I sew your gash up. <laughs> wow. wow. Game over. So you need a different mentality in the Detroit locker room. You have the talent. You have the best. You have all the good shit. What are you missing? You're missing the mentality. Well, it's gonna, gonna, gonna get all black snake moan on it, huh? Well, we'll see. Well, think about it. Over, over in Green Bay, you have Rogers. R E L A X. Relax. We got this. He goes in there, tells his people, and they go out and win. Oh, you're, the fuck? Gonna, you're gonna have singled, refocused, getting seven different types of ass, seven different nights a week. Aaron Rodgers too. Aaron Rodgers lost his defense. He scares me not at all. Yo, Aaron Rodgers already fucking got his new uh, pin cushion to huff and puff on top of. He's got himself some some chick that was in the new Baywatch movie. He's he's sticking it to. And I mean, like Olivia Munn is like definitely on my you know get a pass list for any and you know all future relationships. But this chick, I mean, dude, this is like. Hollywood dime piece. Olivia Munn is like, oh, Damn. she's work hot. But, I mean, she's not a Hollywood dime piece, dude. You're saying Rodgers went from top sirloin to fucking filet? Like Kobe beef? Yeah, I yeah. That motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd still choose Olivia Munn, but that's just personal preference. On top of that, I've seen her on, I remember when she was on G4. Bitch is a freak. You know what I'm saying? So... Well, I'm sorry. What's the point of having a dime, a Hollywood dime piece who just lays there like a fucking tranquilized mattress? It, I, mm-mm. 
No, I want a bitch like that. I want a bitch like Brockmire found. And she's got the finger in the butt, and Brock Myers into it. You know, I mean, <laughs> dude, that show is great. The apes are turning me on to that. What's funny too is the wife is like, "Hey, have you heard of this show, Brock Meyer? I'm like, "Yeah." Like, well, you want to watch it? I'm like, "Zoinks!" Yeah, but it's about sports, so I figured you don't want to have nothing to do with it. She's like, "No, I've heard good things. We watch it, and she likes it." I'm like, all right. I mean, the sports are just kind of like, it could be almost any industry. It could be the radio industry, or the, he could be a television yeah. anchor. It's just, it's almost like coincidental that sports are involved, except for the fact that I love Joe Buck is in there. I know, acting a like, fool. Yeah, like, like I never thought I'd see a, a, a sitcom with Joe Buck taking a piss at a urinal talking about uh, uh, Brent Musburger shitting on another announcer's yeah, bed. Or like at the end. <laughs> When he supposedly gives Brent Mouseburger a penis mustache. Yes. <laughs> I loved, dude, one of the parts that made me laugh the hardest, though, in that show, it is so simple, but it made me laugh the hardest, was when uh, they left, uh, when they went out of town, and uh, his producer was all alone in the stadium, and the first thing he did was go to the mic and be like, ladies and gentlemen, titties. Like, I laugh so hard because I'm like, that's what you would do if you were his age. That's exactly what I would have done. Like, Titties, balls, wiener. <laughs> I, it, it's yeah. When it's the little things that get me in yeah. that sh- show. Like when he, he, uh, the producer, like you were talking about, he got up and left, and Brockmeyer went over to his computer and was like, "Oh, shocking! It's actually females." When he <laughs> caught him beating off, yeah. <laughs> Uh, dude, I just feel like wow. that that show. If you if you haven't watched that show, that show is all three of us packed into to, in, into 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 uh, uh, Brockmire, especially when he deals with his producer because it's like we look at him and we're like you're not gay. No, I'm just a millennial. It's the same thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, like yeah. <laughs> when it comes to that, that's where I'm like we're pretty. That show should be, it's like eh, kind of a companion piece <laughs> to the podcast, whether it wants to be or not. I know, right? <laughs> oh, that's oh. a good note to, to wrap up on. We tried to wrap up on somebody dying like an hour ago, but... No, could, couldn't do it. Can't, can't do that. But thanks to everybody who's been listening. May is already the best month ever. It's not even over yet. May is already the champion, guaranteed. So we're out there. You're sharing it. You're downloading it. So thank you for that. Uh, we are at Sporgy Podcast on Twitter, Sporgy underscore podcast on Instagram. You can email the show, Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net if you would like to be involved in our upcoming fantasy football league or you know, DM us on Twitter. Get a hold of us however you want to get a hold of us. Take a shot at the ice, man. Go ahead. <laughs> it's good to be. It's, I'm reminded of the big Lebowski. It's like a child who wanders into a movie. <laughs> well, talk shit, man. Just keep keep talking, Bring it. dude. They I'm call just, me Ice for a reason. I'm, my, I'm like Marshawn Lynch, son. They call you Ice because you're an asshole and you just didn't <laughs> get the joke. That's why we called you Ice. No, 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 no. Because I called it. Okay, I called it. It was funny too. Uh, saw my dad a, a couple weeks ago and he heard the initial podcast with me and we're going back and forth. My dad's like, "Oh, you talk shit, huh?" <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> Only to me. I was like, "Yeah, a little bit." Sometimes. You know, only one needed. But no, we'll see. I do have to, I do have to say, Earl, you brought it out, and Chris, three years of, of doing shows with him, I don't think I've ever seen him as worked up as when you and him go at it. 
Dude, I've been doing this for like seven years. That's just what I'm saying. Like, you know, we talked about earlier in the show. Like, I got experience behind me. Oh, that's messed up. See, because now you're you're like a fucking virgin. You're all pent up. Now you're just like exploding all over me. I feel dirty. I'm gonna take a shower. Wow. All right. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Have have fun with the mental image of Earl taking a shower. And we'll see you next week. All right. Later, guys. Peace out, y'all. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.